podcast for all things tim curry we're gonna talk about how awesome yes. tim curry is yes. do you have a tim curry impression uh, it's pretty much that not, have, a big, not a good one i have to warn people i may be a little low energy this week i unfortunately i pulled a homer simpson i i ate a bad hot dog right before we start recording i'm not feeling too good so if i suddenly run out of the room in here Barf! <laughs> you know what happened? Mm-hmm. At this moment, I wish I was made out of darkness. I wish I could seek the solace of the shadows. Washed away. Rather than being an, a mortal. Mm-hmm. Right now, if I touched a unicorn, that unicorn would be fucked. It'd be so dead. Oh my god, you don't even believe it. So yeah, Bill, this... He's Nauseous Bill. I'm Nauseous Bill. That's my <laughs> cowboy name. <laughs> I can't ride a horse without oh, barfing all over the place. We're filling our pop culture holes of various things we missed the first time around. I did not miss it. Yeah. Bill missed it. Oh, that's right, because like, like when I suggested this last week, you got very excited because you said this is a movie that you grew up with. Yeah. Oh, which is weird because a movie... There's a lot of movies out there. Like, listen, there's a There lot are of... a lot of movies out there. <laughs> I hate your face. <laughs> it's a true statement. There <laughs> is a whole lot of failed mid-80s fantasy films. What were they all chasing? people love. I don't know what happened. Because, like... All Within the like wizardy two or three years stuff of each is chasing other. Harry Potter. All the sci-fi stuff is chasing Star Wars. What was this Ladyhawk, Labyrinth, uh, Everything Dragon Quest, or whatever to, the fuck it was yeah, called? Yeah, uh, Last Unicorn to fucking Dark Crystal. They were all chasing something. They must have been. Well, I wonder if it's one of those things where everyone just had their own their own pet fantasy projects that just couldn't get made. Which is, I yeah, no, this is like this is a better part of ten years after Star Wars, mm-hmm. which. I don't know why. The like, there's twins. something between like 1983 and like 1988. That mm. five year stretch where everyone suddenly decided. They're... I wonder if it's one of those things where Star Wars was popular enough that like everyone figured, well, we can't beat Star Wars. But since Star Wars is so uh, influenced by like fantasy and sword and sorcery stuff, we'll just take it. We'll just go back to the source. Do you remember a wrestling duo called the Barbarian Twins? No. They were two big twins that wrestled. Like had, Conan, and, like Shaggy, and they had their Shaggy own, for diaper. They had their own movie, yeah. called The Barbarian Twins. Are you serious? And it is awful. Like a live action. I movie. forced people to watch it, was much like, like a, I forced you to watch Wizards. Was this like a WWE? I don't one? think it was WWF state sanctioned. Oh, okay, but it was them. So wait, who did they wrestle for? If not the WWF, like WCW no, uh, they, at the time, they I, they wrestle. I they probably wrestled for WWF, but. The movie's not like John Cena's The Marine, where it's well, like, that's what I'm produced yeah. by the WWF. It was just starring them. So they existed outside of that movie, but then they just made a movie based on their own barbarian. I guess, maybe. Was, did it take place in, like, olden times? Yeah. It wasn't, like, it's modern day, but, like, bad they're fighting wizards. puppets and shit. Oh. Did it's they explain awful. how that they're... Do they explain how the wrestlers are wrestling now in modern days, despite coming it from... It has this... nothing to do with wrestling. They're just famous said... for being wrestlers. Like Andre, the Gi- like, Andre the Giant isn't a wrestler in The Princess Bride, even though he's known oh, okay, for being a wrestler. Okay, okay, I see what you're talking about. Okay, okay. But anyway, we're talking about, we're not talking about Barbarian We're talking twins. about Stephen King's legend. <laughs> Starring Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom, oh my god, that's the other thing, trying to look up information about this movie online. I forgot that Tom Hardy just came out in a movie called Legend. Just I thought last. you couldn't do that. <sighs> just make up an, I guess after 30 years, you could say, well... Also, Legend does not belong. Well, that's one of the things I was about to say. Like, does that mean you can come out with a movie called right now called Star Wars? 
Well, this is the thing. This is the thing I was going to get to about how even among all the failed mid-80s fantasy films that people love, uh, well, Never Ending Story wasn't failed, but, like, even stuff like The Dark Crystal, Return to Oz, Labyrinth, they have their fans? Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who's a fan, like, a huge... I know people who like Legend. Well, yeah, you, you in particular. <laughs> but you don't see, like, there's no fan fiction for Legend. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure there is. No fan art. Like, you don't see clickbait articles about, like, see the stars of Legend. Where are they now? Or what do mm. they look like today? You don't, like, whereas, like, you know, Labyrinth, Labyrinth had David Bowie and stuff like that. Like, there's, there's a whole there's a whole subculture built around each of one of those movies. You might have to dig a little bit online to find them, but I think Legend doesn't have that. No one's out there, like... Drawing pictures of fucking Tom Cruise from Legend. Or well, anything. not Tom Cruise. There's plenty of people that are out there obsessing over Tim Curry because well, Tim best. Curry's fucking awesome. Well, that's the thing. When any, anyone ever talks about this movie, it's always just the Tim Curry stuff yeah. in this movie. So this movie um, is also not quite unique because Blade Runner does it too because Ridley Scotch Egg does a lot of... I'm going to go back and fix things. Yeah. And this movie's got like 27 versions. Yeah, this is, which is funny because like Ridley Scott, this is, I mean, he, it seemed like he was trying to do with fantasy, with legend, what he did from Blade Runner with science fiction. Mm -hmm. And that even boils down to like, uh, the studio hates this movie. They're going to force me to cut it like through 13 different ways. And one day, 10 years from now, I'm going to release like 13 different versions of this yeah. movie on DVD and Blu-ray. So I, I thought I grew up with the theatrical version. I did not. I grew yeah. up with the TV version, which is longer than the theatrical version. But it's not the director's cut. Stuff back no it's not the director's cut because which has, that's what it i has watched the tangerine dream soundtrack oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the blu-ray i bought of legend to watch this um it's a recent blu-ray i don't know if there's multiple blu-ray releases but i thought it had all the different cuts mm -hmm. it only it only has the uh director's cut and the united states theatrical cut both of which have the jerry goldsmith score really blu-ray does the united states version doesn't have the theatrical cut for the that's, USA that's the thing that's confusing Dream. me because it says US United States for theatrical cut but it has the Jerry Goldsmith music laid over it hmm. it does have the option to watch the, the United States theatrical cut with the isolated Tangerine Screens uh Tangerine Dream score over it but it's just isolated so you can't like watch there's no dialogue or anything like that weird so i don't know if there was like a rights issue they couldn't just like release the movie with the like tangerine dream music no you can baked still in. rent the tangerine dream version on youtube I'm sure and playstation you can, but on that blu-ray a very specific release weird it's 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 fucking odd so the i watched i managed to watch this movie three and a half times in one day you a troop or... yeah well i watched the director's cut then I watched the director's cut with uh, commentary. Mm. Then I then I watched the United States theatrical version, mm -hmm. and uh, then oh, then my housemates they wanted to watch the director's cut, so we watched that. Mm. And then I I listened I listened to half the Tangerine Dream version that yeah, with the isolated gonna... score. But it's the Tangerine Dream, at least in the isolated score version on the Blu-ray. The music is so sporadic that it was mostly just sitting there in silence for most of the time. Mm. And so I just stopped that after a while. I, got, I was like, okay, I get the point. Tangerine Dream music is just like synthesizer. You're like, you yeah. know, I, it was like, okay, I got the point. So, and so what version did you grow up with? I grew up with the television version because we re recorded it off a of TV onto a VHS. Oh, really? With like commercials and everything? No, we, we would pause when the commercials came on. We were uh, savages. You came before HBO. 
I could not for HBO. No. no. Okay. I had a family of seven. We you would. <laughs> HBO was not a high on our priority list. Oh, that's a good point, list. actually. You could have done the free weekend thing. Wait till Legend showed. Uh, we didn't like, have, even yeah. have. We didn't have cable. What are so you about? did you notice? So, but for for which which version did you watch for the podcast? I watched the because uh, I let you my copy of cut the, yeah director's cut and the theatrical version. So you know you all rent, this shit. So that you can rent off of the the the. I rented it off a of PlayStation Network, but you can also run it on like YouTube and all that okay. shit. Okay, but you rewatched it was the version with Tangerine Dream. Yeah, people really hung up about that Tangerine Dream version because even on Twitter when we were talking about the fact that we were going to do Legend, everyone's like, "Oh, which version is it going to be think, Tangerine Dream?" I think it's like Yellow, where you're just proud you know of something that sounds like that. Yellow. <laughs> yeah, the band Yellow. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Like, oh, I recognize that name. Which is weird, because usually, like, I thought the fact that, like, Legend, even the fact that Legend exists seems to be kind of like a niche thing. But I thought that the knowledge that, like, Jerry Goldsmith had done a score for that that was later replaced Mm -hmm. by Tangerine Dream, I thought that was, like, something only I would know. But, like, everyone on Twitter, like, even people who aren't huge movie fans are like, oh, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith or... Or like they, it's I not think even, it's because it's, if you like Legend enough to like the Tangerine version, you're gonna watch the other version too and know that there's different soundtracks. I did. Jerry Goldsmith music is cute. No, well, I guess in the original version too, there's not that much singing. There's no singing. Oh, there's no singing. Yeah, in oh, the which is kind of a shame because her. And she's Bueller's speaking of yellow. And she's not a princess. She's a lady. Just a lady. Yeah, I had to look up all these differences and stuff. <sighs> Fucking! At least there's it no voiceover. Starts, at least it's not all. It's, at least it doesn't start off with Tom Cruise saying, "Yeah, and, and the, I was working in the forest." In, like Blade in Runner. the television version, it does the the opening scroll does have a voiceover reading it for the yeah. I know the TV a, audiences that are too dumb. Yeah, well, I saw that the opening. I guess for the United States theatrical release, uh, well, in the in the director's cut, which is a combination of both the United States theatrical release, the European cut, and some mm-hmm. new stuff dropped in. Yeah. Um. You don't see darkness. No. I guess that's actually the character's name is just darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't the darkness. You don't see him until like when when mirror. he comes out of the mirror at yeah. the end. You see his arm at the beginning, but but like it's weird because like I saw some clips from the theatrical cut. Yeah, not only do you see him at the beginning, but he's all in black makeup. Yeah, he's completely black except for his eyes and his fingernails. The most eighties day glow fucking. But I do like his his he because the movie starts. Okay, we'll, yeah. we're going to talk about that. We might as well get the opening crawl out, crawl out of the, the opening crawl out of the way. What a great movie that is! Yeah, another, well, another failed eighties fail, yeah. fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, once long, once long ago, before there was such a thing as time, the world was shrouded in darkness. Then came the splendor of light. I don't want to read all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, basically says. Uh, it's know, not darkness reading it though, right? No, it's okay. Just it's just another guy. generic yeah. voice. Yeah. It's. Uh, basically, unicorns are pure and good and brought light to the world, and unicorns are fucking sweet-ass pimp dad Mackie. I never realized between this and the last unicorn that unicorns are supposed to be that, like... Th- I didn't realize they were essentially God on Earth. Mm. Which, actually, it's funny, because back in medieval times, they would represent they... Jesus as a unicorn on, like, tapestries and stuff like that, but... Mm. Um... Darkness retreated deep into the shadows, because sunlight kill him. Uh plotting to return his power by banishing the light forever. Yeah. Um, and this is the text, like, scrolling upwards and yeah, stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. See, Unicorns the... are safe from the Lord of Darkness. They can only be found by the purest of mortals. Such a mortal is Jack, who lives in the solitude with the animals out of the forest. 
A beautiful girl named Lily loves Jack with all her heart in their innocence. They believe only goodness exists in the world. Together they will learn there can be no good without evil, no love without hate, no heaven without hell, no light without darkness. I do think it's interesting that they really make explicit the whole, like, uh, uh, flip sides of the same coin thing that seems to be the whole point of the movie. They make it that explicit in the opening thing of, like, you can't have one without the other. The harmony Um, of the universe depends upon an eternal balance. Out of the struggle to maintain this balance comes the birth of Legends, a Ridley Scott egg film. Yeah, and Regend. of course, director Scott doesn't do any of that. It just starts off with darkness, essentially monologuing to himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, which, I have it, that shit. It's, it's kind of short, but uh, Mother Light, fold your dark arms above me, protect me in your black embrace. I sit alone, an impudent exile, while this force presence returns to torment me and i fucking love the way tim curry's mouth because you can see him when he says all that the way he says torment me is fucking top tier tim curry it's i mean it's funny that like pretty much his mouth is the only thing that's not covered in makeup Mm -hmm. in this movie and even through all that makeup with the giant fake fangs and everything he's got still just like the way his whole mouth moves around his teeth and just quivers and just like I think Tim, oh my Tim, god Tim Curry on this and Jim Carrey in the mask are the only people who can talk well with prosthetic teeth in their mouth because yeah. well I guess because they're enunciating so much they're talking yeah. really talking around the teeth they're not letting the teeth get in the way because oh my god but yeah it's it's so wait is that the speech that Tim Curry's giving at the beginning of the movie that what you just in the read? theatrical version. oh because I don't say because I don't remember him saying embrace me in the in the, the director's cut and the director's card it really starts off with him saying are he's talking to himself i thought at least well there's a shot of like a tree the deku tree from zelda Mm -hmm. and i wish i guess he lives in yeah and then he's just like i am the lord of darkness and i'm like huh i wonder who he's monologuing to turns out he's just said destroyer i think he's not saying that there's i was like oh boy gee i wonder how he's gonna get killed Pizza a couple times, not yeah. just even that once. And it's like out, me walking around all the time. Bullets are my weakness. That's like if I walked around saying poison hot dogs <laughs> are my are my destruction. Um, which yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but turns out he's not even talking to anybody. He has to send away for the guy he's going to be talking well, no, to in a little bit. I knock on the door. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Blix. Is Blix that the character's name? Ugly yeah. fucking goblin. Uh, I like. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of that. This What's is up? gonna be My Little Women. <laughs> I love this part, and this part's even better. I, I don't have to admit, I really like this movie despite the fact that it's so slight. Mm-hmm. There's bare, like, there's the plot is. I th- you don't know, touch that unicorn. Oh shit, you've touched that unicorn. <laughs> oh shit, you got captured. Okay, we're gonna shine a mirror on him. He dead. And the practical effects are good. They're pretty good. Like, Blix the Goblin look good. Yeah. No, the makeup in this, I do love how everyone looks. This, I'm this, this whole, the only reason this movie exists, just co, it was just so Ridley Scott could do a style experiment. Yeah. To say, like, just like with Blade Runner, he was like, I wonder how grimy and gritty of a futuristic dystopia I can project onto the screen. This was like, okay, how Brothers Grimm can I get with, like, this budget? Just, like, it was just an excuse to put monsters on film. How much glitter can I dump on everything? Oh, and smear everyone with, like, Vaseline (laughs) so the glitter sticks, but Uh then disappears from shot to shot. Mm -hmm. How many geese can I explode? (laughs) And throw into the air in this mm-hmm. four set. Yeah. Just because, yeah, it was actually kind of funny watching this movie with my uh, housemates, Joshin Bahar, because uh, B- Joshin had a hard time understanding, because he's not much into fairy tales or anything like mm-hmm. that. So he had a hard time in understanding, like, the kind of, like, random logic that uh, things that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Bahar was totally 
fascinated by why there's so much shit floating in the air in this movie. So it's funny that both times they're like they they're attacking like this movie from two different angles of like why what is going what is this movie? It's I was fantasy. like man, it's just it's just style. It's just it is because it is. It's just yeah. yeah. It's like it's like you don't why you could do the same thing with like Gundam animes where you're like why are they doing this? Yeah, exactly. This or make even any like sense. Unicorn, like what's the point of well, like, why would a horse with one horn sticking out of its head be so mad? Like, yeah, you could boil it, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. But, ah, Blix, are you not the most lonesome of my goblins? And Blix has this habit of sometimes rhyming, uh, sometimes not. Yeah, it's... Well, that's one of the things in this movie where they didn't really pay too much attention to characters or writing so much because they were... Ridley Scott was so fixated on the, the visuals that... Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I wish more... I'm kind of sick, and I know a lot of people like it because it's nuanced and whatnot. A lot of people like the shades of gray in their villains and stuff. Sometimes I just want a bad guy that's just a fucking straight up bad guy like like this. Fuck it, I uh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, are you not? Is your not heart not full of hate? Black as midnight, black as pitch, blacker than the foulest witch. Sometimes you just want an asshole. Yeah, and I do like the fact that if you're gonna have characters who are so, who are so fundamentally on opposite ends of the moral spectrum, at least they do play, like do the thing of like, well, you can't have one without the other. So they're not even making a moral judgment as necessarily which is more better or more important. They're just like, hey, there's good people, there's bad people. You need you gotta live with both the ends. So yeah. yeah. Um. So he, uh, darkness tells Blix that he wants him to go him her I'm not sure yeah it's gender neutral Blix is played by a lady who also ah. did the same who also supplied the voice for Gump yeah the elf boy later we're gonna mm-hmm. run into but yeah uh he feels his presence in the forest he has not felt for a long time it's very Darth Vader yeah seriously <laughs> yeah but uh he wants Blix to go kill the unicorns uh and I like the way they do. There's a cut. They do it a couple times. I don't know if you noticed, but I like the way they shoot because they're sitting in front of this big fireplace, mm-hmm. and it's obvious. I think it's obvious. They like filmed it in reverse, so all the uh, fog that's yeah, rolling in is rolling going in. backwards. I didn't even notice. Okay, yeah, they yeah. do that a couple times. It looks really cool. Does it reverse like in the middle of like from one shot to another? Mm, or is it always kind of like, like... It's a, when there's closest to the fire, can... you can see it rolling backwards into the fire. Okay. And when, like, this, the scene where it's a wide shot of uh, Blix and Tim Curry sitting in his chair, you can't see him, just his arm, it's rolling backwards, so they don't have to lip sync up quite so oh, okay, well, but they do with okay, this yeah. line. I'm pretty sure it's backwards. It could oh. be some other kind of trickery that they're doing. Okay. Uh, but... Tim Curry's like, you gotta use bait to catch these unicorns. What kind of bait, Lord? Oh, oh teach a, yeah. me. Innocence. Innocence. I like how he can barely even get out the word. It's so foreign and hateful to him. <laughs> yeah. Innocence. Yeah. Innocence. It's fucking Which, awesome. I, I, so that introduces, does it just smash cut to Ferris, to, to Sloane Peterson? Yeah, she's singing a song. Frolicking in the forest, yeah. yeah. Um, she is the most right. princessy white lady. Yeah. <laughs> this set is fucking awesome. They it you can tell this is where they spent most of the money in the production. And it's awesome. Yeah. And it burned the fuck down. This is the... <laughs> the I think it's uh, it's been superseded in the past, but this at the time was the largest soundstage in the world. Freestanding, no pillars or supports. Uh, it was the James Bond stage at Pinewood Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built for they built in the mid seventies and uh, was using a thousand things. This is I think this is maybe also where they built like the uh, the 
all kinds of stuff. I think this is where they built like the the Goblin Kingdom and Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And if you just look up the the James Bond stage on Wikipedia, it's amazing just seeing how how many crazy, fantastic places have been been built in this one specific space. Yeah, and these fuckers torched it accidentally. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they built uh, Ridley Scott on the commentary. He talks about how well there was a while he was tempted about. I think they went to like Yosemite National Park, mm-hmm. scouting locations, and also went to like essentially the same Sequoia Park where they filmed Return of the Jedi because they were like, well, you know, we're doing this fantasy film, it makes sense. We want to just go film it in a real forest. And uh, he pointed out that once you get deep enough into the forest, it gets so dark, you're gonna have to net, like light it with that with uh, man-made lights anyway. Yeah. And if you're gonna do that, might as well just build the sets on a stage so you can control the lighting. And, you know, you don't have to worry about it raining or anything like that. So even though it seems really impractical to build, like, a whole forest in a goddamn soundstage, uh, from a production perspective, it could actually be cheaper to do that because you don't have to worry about being, yeah, rained out or yeah. all kinds, like, from a production, like, especially if you have all kinds of makeup and things like that. Mm-hmm. And ra- rather than lugging all these actors and all the supporting equipment for them, like, like, like makeup trailers and stuff out to the forest. You just do it on the lot and just, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, I think this movie does something that not a lot of movies that are done on sets do that makes it feel a lot more lived in and live. And that is all the shit blowing through the air that there's That's so precisely... much pollen and shit in the air that people with allergies watching it in a movie theater are like, <gasps> <laughs> I'm surprised the actors aren't like constantly getting shit in their eyes or or even in their mouths and stuff because it's not just like yeah it's not just like pollen and leaves but like you can tell it's like duck feathers and shit like that yeah. too it's like big chunks of stuff but it makes constantly them... <laughs> floating through the air it makes the world look a lot more real yeah and they got real birds and stuff yeah. um I can't remember they said I think they said something about how the the fire that so this place burned down like just like ten days before they were uh, supposed to be finished with filming. I think something happened with, like, the, all the gases from something, from, from all the equipment, like, mm. built up in the ceiling of the soundstage, and, like, all one of the Billy birds Barty knocked farts. over, or something like that, yeah, <laughs> but, like, one of the birds knocked over something and, like, lit all that, those collected gases in the ceiling on fire, wow. and, uh, uh, I think they, really Scott, really Scott said something about how the firemen knew something was wrong, uh, from outside the studio when they saw all the birds suddenly escaping from the set, they are mm. like, Oh shit! There's like what's there's a hole suddenly on the top of that that set, and they went inside and realized it was like on fire. And like, I wonder how many birds got roasted as a result of that. Because there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot of fucking like finches and shit fly. Like, yeah, the fucking dragonfly. Why well, the dragonflies may have been special effects and stuff like that. But yeah, they actually put a lot of luck. There's like an actual like flowing river and a pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this set, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a good set. It's good. It's, it's pretty. Shame I want down. to live there. Yeah, yeah, but. Hey, we live in the Oregon area. We've got as close as you're going to get. Yeah. That's went, a good point, actually. Went out yeah. to the beach this uh, on Saturday. And yeah, I keep That on, shit looked good. I keep on forgetting by virtue of living in Oregon, we are already kind of living in a fairy kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you just take, like, five minutes to drive outside of town, but, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So she go, literally goes... She sings a song. La, la, la. <laughs> she goes and sees... Uh, Nell, she messes with her. She's hanging laundry, and she makes the laundry fall. She's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Nell, like this, this clockmaker's cottage is the closest thing we see to any kind of like man-made structure in the whole yeah thing. Like, I guess she's at the periphery. Well, yeah. So Lily's supposed to be a princess, mm-hmm. 
Although, I guess in the American version, they just call her lady, I guess. Yeah. American audience are too stupid to understand what a princess well, is. Or something. Pr- I don't have a princess Or maybe they thought, like, oh, she's a princess, she's too hoity-toity, so we're gonna, like, Who make her a lady. what they so. thought with the American version. But, yeah. So, also in the version, I, well, the version I saw, when she first walks in the clockmaker's cabin, like, there's no, it's just Nell, but I saw it in another version, there's, like, an actual clockmaker asleep in the corner? Yeah, that's in the, yeah, or the version you It was? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because that's not in the American version. I, I've gone back and forth between so many different versions, that I can't remember exactly which is in which. I but it's, it's Nell know. and the clockmaker, I'm presumably, mm-hmm. Nell is her, is his hus, her yeah. wife. The... <laughs> Whatever. Words, good, Something, yes. something, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they have a back and forth. She tells her, she's so sweet. Oh, girl, you're so nice. You're so kind visiting us as poor little peasants. Uh, what you going to do today? She's going to go out in the forest. You got a boyfriend out there? Sh- no, go shit. You shush, girl. Go, oh, you wood carvers are you're so good. I, I got to go now, though. I got to go get that dick. So she leaves. <laughs> and this version is so much shorter in the theatrical cut. It, it's There's really... a lot of dead air. In it, it really the like, director's you, cut where it, this movie's a weird well this movie's a weird thing in a lot of ways but it, one of the things about it is when you go back and forth between it's a you really learn like how much like three or two extra minutes in a scene can change your feeling towards characters so much yeah because in the American version Anel's just some lady, but they flesh her out a tiny bit more, and she's just more of a character. Yeah. And in the director's cut, there's more where Nell's talking to uh, Lily about Jack. There's more just, like, of Lily just kind of, like, making faces and stuff, and it tests your patience a little bit. It's like, okay, mm. I get it. Like, it's... The conversation tends to drag a little bit, but, yeah. Yeah. She goes out into the woods. Nell tells her to look out for Spriggan and Banshees. Uh, and steer clear of toadstool rings and willow trees. Man, and I old remember oaks. that, yeah. And old oaks. Old boats? Oaks! Oaks, oh, okay. I guess that's all fantasy shit. I don't know. Just random utterances. Just like, oh, I'm just gonna say some fantastical, cool-sounding stuff. Lily wants around the forest. Says Jack about a thousand times. Looking for Jack. She got glitter smeared all over her face. Yeah. Well, in some scenes and some <laughs> not. It depends on the close-up. Yeah. Like, what day they were filming. It's Welcome really to Ridley weird. Scott. Um, he draws. Well, Ridley Scott put a lot of glitter in this movie. Not yeah. even on her face, but like when it gets snowy later, there's glitter all over the snow and mm-hmm. oh, and darkness's lair. Oh there's yeah, some fucking scenes that are just glitter. Oh my god, Dave, David Bowie's watching this movie, going, "That's a bit much." <laughs> yeah, it's a bit trite. So he drops down from a tree, and she poops all over the place, <laughs> all of her white dress. A bird lands on his shoulder. He's a Disney princess. It really is, yeah. And he's dressed kind of like Peter Pan. He's got, like, this tattered tunic that is way too short. Mm-hmm. This movie, a little bit too many Tom Cruise buffalo shots <laughs> where he's bending over or on his ass. Are you saying you can get too much Tom Cruise fruit basket? Oh, my God. He's got that fucking goofy-ass haircut where his hair is constantly in his eyes throughout the whole film. And he spends the whole movie kind of, like, talking, like, in his upper There's, Tom so, Cruise voice. He's always like, hey, hey, like that breathy Tom Cruise, like, high-pitched voice. Does this feel like Tom Cruise to you? I mean, it's all recognizable as Tom Cruise, but didn't seem, this is not, like, Because, like you know, you watch your Mission Impossible, you're like, there's Tom Cruise. Yeah. When I watch this, I don't necessarily, I know it's Tom, I'm aware it's Tom Cruise, obviously, but it, 
It doesn't feel like your Tom Cruise where he's suave and cool. Well, and that's shit. that that that's this. This is, is the, a very un Tom Cruise like Tom Cruise. Because instead role. of playing the suave badass, yeah. he's playing the like innocent idiot lumpkin, yeah. like fucking literally like a country bumpkin. Yeah, who's who's he's supposed to be super innocent too? Maybe not quite as innocent as Princess Lily. Uh, Bill, um, it's innocent. Innocent. But yeah, I just even like how he like drops down out of a tree, and I I do like how they present that because you think. He's going to be an attacker at first, and even mm. she kind of like draws back, and like it, they're they're setting up to be kind of like oh, and then she starts laughing and finally oh they're friends and it's actually kind of cute, mm-hmm. and like they, they're frolicking mm, and shit. This shit sure is sweet, not as sweet as you. A lot of that, back yeah, and exactly, yeah. Schmoozy. There's a lot stuff, of schmoozy, which like, isn't in. Teach it, me isn't, to talk like the rabbits. Isn't really in the American version. Yeah, they cut out a lot of that. They were like Americans don't like romance. <laughs> Get out of my movie! Yeah. So I guess the idea is that they just kind of do this every afternoon or yeah. pretty often where she presumably sneaks out of an unseen castle to hang out in the forest with Jack. Mm-hmm. And also, they never really explain exactly who or what Jack is. He's just a forest at, boy. At first, you think he's like maybe like he's a, a forest Kokoro. sprite or something like that. Yeah. But then you run into Gump later, which is an actual, like, an actual elf. Yeah. Who's all like... Gump's an elf. Jack's a forest boy. So the... I so Billy the, Barty's a pixie. At first, I thought Jack Uno's was like a, a forest sprite. spirit. Jack is not a forest forest spirit. He's like it seems like he's a human mortal who somehow yeah. got, got raised in the forest. Yeah, I think that's that'd be right. Yeah, it's like he's Mowgli. Yeah, a little bit, but they again, it's one of those things they never really set up or explain. It's just kind of like I don't know. It's Tom Cruise living in the forest, dressed like Peter Pan. And somebody probably should have been like Tom. Tom, you might want to. You pluck a little bit in between oh, really? your eyebrows. Well, he's living you in the forest. You got a bit of a unibrow going on. You don't have on. access to tweezers in the, in the, in the middle of That would forest. never fly nowadays where yeah. a director's like, Hey, Tom, could you grow out your unibrow? Also, Tom Cruise with no pants for two hours. Yeah. 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 Any, any movie where your hero's crotch is constantly <laughs> dangling out. Like, it's not like, yeah. So, uh, he can't teach her how to rabbit today because he got something that he going to show her. He's gonna show. He takes her to a clearing. He puts a blind. Well, first he puts a blindfold on her, and she's like, "Don't you trust me?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, I trust you." Puts it on her anyway. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he takes her to an area. It's all pretty and shit. It's so romantic. Ridley Scott does know how to paint a pretty picture. If he can't, yeah. ne- even or, if he can't always necessarily tell a story straight. Yeah. Yeah. Can he still? That's, you know, this is the, one of the reasons why, oh, I forgot this, uh, this is my choice for the movie, despite you growing up for this. I chose this movie because uh, the new Alien movie, Alien Covenant, just came out, and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about, like, has really Scott ever been a good filmmaker? Is he, has he just been a pretty stylist and we just never realized he can't tell a story to save his life? Because mm-hmm. no one likes Prometheus, doesn't seem like a lot of people really like uh, Covenant that much. And uh, his Robin Hood movie wasn't well received. His Robin Hood movie was fucking lame. Yeah. And uh, like everyone keeps on pointing to like the the two movies that he hangs his whole career on are uh, Blade Runner and. What else? Alien. Oh, Blade Runner and Alien. Yeah. What am I talking about? And um, I forgot Alien was his other science fiction thing. Jesus Christ. I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> hot dogs. Oh, Nathan's hot dog. Um, but parasites are getting to you. I mean, he's made other good movies. I mean, he's, didn't he make, like, Thelma and Louise? No, maybe that was his brother, Tony Scott. I like Gladiator when I saw them. It's not like he constantly makes bad movies, hmm. but, like, Ridley Scott has made so many movies, and only such a tiny minority of them are memorable. Hmm. It, like, yeah, that's been the big conversation lately, has been like, yeah, what has Ridley Scott ever been good? And so this is one of his big movies that I, I had never seen, 
And especially since it seemed to be like, like I said before, like he was trying to do with this, uh, with fairy tales, what he like, like his, uh, what what he was doing with sci-fi with Alien and Blade Runner. I just wanted to fill in this pop culture gap. Yeah. And in, in especially in his oeuvre, in Ouvra. his body of work. And yeah, this kind of drives home the point that like Ridley Scott is only as good as his script, and he doesn't actually choose very good scripts. This is one, this seems to be one of the few scripts that he kind of wrote him helped write himself. It's not like he just like like Blade Runner was something that existed before it came to Alien was a script that he didn't write. He just kind of came and you know just just mm-hmm. just directed. This is one of the few projects where he, like the origin story like he would only exists because he came like was like oh I should do a fantasy story. I'm gonna work with this fantasy writer. We're gonna come up with like mm-hmm. the story for the screen and. But there's barely going to be any plot. It's just it's just going to be an excuse to have unicorns and fairies and shit on the screen. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So uh, they're also being trailed by the Gibberlins. Oh yeah. They're is it just annoying. Blix and one other? Is it all? Is it just, all three guys? I think it's all three, but you only see Blix and Pox for yeah the for first like day. at this yeah when they're trailing Pox is a pig goblin yeah and then we got Blunder who's a guy with yeah. like a fucking. Like uh, he like, looks like a goblin from Labyrinth. He's got he really a big, does. big helmet and was shit. This, this must have come out while they were filming Labyrinth. Because Labyrinth came out, I think it was 1986. Yeah, so the, I, yeah, that sounds right to me. Yeah, so there's just well, I would dwarf in a big, <coughs> big iron like horn helmet is not exactly the most original thing in the world. Yeah. But he really does like even the way he moves and everything. Like he's totally a fucking Labyrinth character. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But then here come the unicorns. Boop a doo. doo doo. They make Imperial. whale calls. <laughs> this was distracting. So what what were whale calls so new in the eighties that I think that's the that was thing a mystical where people thing? didn't quite realize although, you know, Star Trek Four came out a year after this and really popularized whale song, so when you hear whale song you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And also the movie's a little bit inconsistent. I thought the whale song at first was just because I was watching the Jerry Goldsmith version of the movie, I thought maybe that was Jerry Goldsmith's, like, theme, mm. like, mo- musical motif for the unicorns. But that doesn't necessarily seem to be, too, because, like, you only hear that whale song when they seem to be trying to, commu- trying to communicate to other people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, the audio, like, like they're, like, it's Somebody trying keeps... to signify to the audience that this is how they're trying to communicate. Like, not not to say that they're actually making the whale song, but this is, like, I don't know. Ridley Scott's kid was off camera and just kept restarting Secret of Mana over and over again. <laughs> but it is distracting. Yeah. Because, yeah, this may have been more of a novel, unique thing in 1985, but now 30 years earlier, you're just like, why, what? Why are they just playing a random completely different animal sound effect when this animal shows up on the screen. It's really weird. And Blunder is like, Look, ugly one-horned mules! I do like that. Yeah. Of course they're evil, so they think the unicorns are ugly and stupid. So, yep. you know. But Jack's like, Nothing's more magical. As long as they roam the earth, evil can never harm the pure of heart. A boo. A boo boo boo. She's like, Do you speak their language? And Jack says, They express only love and laughter. Dark thoughts are unknown to them. That's some hippie-ass bullshit, Jack. really is, like, yeah. She runs out to touch the ponies. He's like, no, Lily, you mustn't. But she do it anyway, because she's an asshole. This is one of the things that Ken found me, because she goes out to touch the unicorns. Mm -hmm. And Jack is all like, he is like, no, please don't do it. But instead of, like, physically stopping her, he, like, he steps out from their hidey hole for a moment. And then, like, it's almost like he's afraid that, like, he's going to get killed by the unicorns. 
It's almost like they're the xenomorphs from Alien because, like... <laughs> no, they eat human flesh! And, like, he's about to step out and actually, like, physically stop her. But, yeah, then then suddenly, like, he draws back and he's, like, hiding from the unicorns. Yeah. It seems to be that he's deathly afraid of being seen by the unicorns. Uh, but if he knows that her touching the unicorns is going to lead to all this bad enough... At least he seems to know that, like, touching the unicorns is a bad idea. I don't know if he understands specifically what the specific ramifications are going to be. Well... I mean, he obviously doesn't know happens, that you know the goblins are in the... I've, uh, I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. I don't think her touching the unicorns does anything. Really? Because right as she's about to touch it... I don't know if she even actually touches it. Right as the horse is about to put its face in her hands... Yeah. It gets hit with a dart, the glitter, glittery, glittery covered dart, and it takes off running. In one of the commentaries, it, like really, Scott makes it sound as if what happens is her touching the unicorn makes it so the unicorn is can be hurt, mm. and specifically that's why um, fucking blinks waits until she touches it to shoot it with the arrow because otherwise. The arrow wouldn't have he done really anything. really should have had a line saying That's that what then. I'm saying. And, well, that's one of the problems with the film is, like, shit randomly happens. The movie works on dream logic. All you, uh, yeah, all you need is blinks to say, wait till she touches it. Or something like that. And then you can assume, well, okay, touching it must do something to the unicorn. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Oh, so much of this movie is left up, left up to and then, conjecture and like then, that because they never explain. And they have glitter. As soon as she touches it, burst <laughs> I know, off the exactly, unicorn. Yeah. So it's like oh. a shield going away. Poosh! It's only that the unicorn just turns into a mangy dog. Oh, but... <laughs> Yeah, so oh, I do like it in, it, so I guess this, this doesn't necessarily happen in the other cuts, but in the director's cut, uh, not only she does she touch the unicorn, but she sings a whole song. Yeah, she's like magic welling with and the unicorns me. freak out and run around in circles around her. Yeah, which stuff. is actually a really nice shot. It looks like it's actually Sloane Peterson. Yeah, in that probably horse is. with these giant fu- like fucking thousand pound horses, like tr- like she could have easily been trampled or fucked up by these horses, but like and I I know I know directing horses on this like fake like forced set couldn't have been easy but it looks all really good and yeah. just yeah. and kudos to them for the unicorn horns not being too wibbly wobbly they are a if little you're bit. really looking for it they get a little well especially in in, in far away shots but and I, generally though i think i might be wrong about this because i don't know the ins and outs of horse genitalia but i think both of the unicorns are dudes yeah because you see them rear up and you see some yeah. junk flopping around yeah yeah <laughs> I'm almost surprised you don't see Lily going, ooh. Yeah, because they call one a mare, and she is not a mare. Yeah, because, well, especially when the one gets whacked. Yeah. And you've got one left, and they just, yeah, specifically call it a mare, and you're like, oh, man, it's, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. The goblin loads up a poison dart, and she touches it, and shablam, shabloom. It gets, the dart goes in, and the unicorns take off running. Yeah. And right, right before she's about to touch it, Jack just is like, and turns his back and walks away like fuck I this bitch can't, like if like I, yeah jack it's hard to tell understand it's hard to understand like exactly if jack understands exactly what's happening here because yeah like i said at first he's actually scared then he just actually kind of de- dejected and then he just walks away and that's it that's mm-hmm. like okay well mm. she's like jack it was lovely like a dream and he's off screen like what you did is forbidden she's like who says so you know, it's known. People yeah. know. <laughs> he could have said something about that before she spent the 20 They're minutes sacred to animals. walk out and yeah. slowly sing She's to like, them. I don't care. Uh, so goblin, goblins chase the horses. Uh, and then she's like, hey, let me sing to you, Jack. That'll make everything better. So she sings. And then she wants to kiss him. 
But she's like, are you afraid to kiss me, Jack? And he's like, I'm afraid you'll break my heart. Aww. Young love. So... Uh, I should also know we're 20 minutes into the movie and barely anything has happened. Yeah, other, but it moves along unicorn, fine enough. It's okay, but like, oh well, especially if we're talking about the the director's cut, which is like half an hour longer. Yeah. But like, yeah, this 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 in direct contrast to the next movie we'll be talking about. But yeah. You know. So uh, she takes off a ring and she's like, "Hey, don't you wish this was a red ring? Hey, uh, I'm a princess. I get to this say who after all the unicorn yeah, stuff. I get to whoever find this ring, I marry." And she throws it in the lake. And she's surprised that Jack jumps off a cliff into the the pond to try to get it. Again, why this is happening and, like, you think Jack would have bigger issues not that, like, the, like, fucked up unicorn stuff, but, like, yeah, it's so weird that they, like, after all the drama with the unicorn, they just kind of lay down in the glen and this stuff happens. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't know. Shit's about to go sideways. Yeah. It starts raining. She's screaming. He's looking all over underwater. He can't find the ring. Unicorns are being assaulted by pink cherry blossoms. <laughs> So, uh, it gets so assaulted by pink cherry blossoms that it makes the unicorn lay down in reverse. Because they just filmed it getting up. It's like, it there's only so many ways to direct a horse, but yeah. yeah. Um, so Jack starts I do to come, like, there's, ooh. there's a close up, a close up of Sloane Peterson's wedding ring too. Yeah. Or like her, soon. like, yeah. yeah, and you can totally see like the, the, like the camera. You can totally see, like, there's a guy with a camera <laughs> with, like, the studio lights, because they push in really close on the ring, but the ring is, like, a mirrored surface. Oh, is this also... Have we skipped past the point where she, like, dangles her locket in front of yeah. Jack's eyes, which brings up the whole idea that, like, sunlight, you can reflect, reflect sunlight. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, he runs out of air. He can't find the ring. So, he comes up and bursts out of the lake, but it's all frozen. He bonks his head. He's like, oh! Yeah. And he keeps punching and hitting and then bursts out and... <laughs> And they have a chop and chop. The goblins chop off the unicorn's horn. Which I guess in some versions of the movie you actually see. The version I saw, uh, Blinks just kind of lays his blade against the unicorn's horn. Mm. And he goes, he's about to swipe and then they cut away. And then, mm. yeah. So now everything's fucking frozen and dark. It's a winter wonderland. Everything's covered in the fakest... I mean, I I know there's only so much you can do with fake snow, but it's all like it's like cornflakes. It, well, it's it's strange. It's because glittery they don't, clone. Uh, yeah, they don't try to make it look cold either. So I'm not sure if it's supposed to necessarily be cold. Just everything's covered. The with only snow, time but like, that something is made to look cold is when uh, Screwball puts like a coat on Jack. It's like yeah, there there you go. Uh, that's true. That's the too, only time yeah. that happens. I mean, you do have Jack spending like spending He's all his time in the cold with no the pants snow. on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but yeah. But anyway, she goes to Nell's place, but everyone's frozen solid, and then the goblins show up to check out the place. There is a nice moment in the she director's cut where, when she first enters Nell's cottage, mm-hmm. she looks at the clock, and for a moment she sees the clock gets frozen over, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which like kind of like she has it's a premonition of things to come. And of course, now she's back in the the cottage and she sees the clock frozen over and everything yeah. Yeah. she hides in the loft the especially clock. it's cool the Urgh. clock is it's, it's a, a skeleton man chasing. yeah skeleton man chasing and like it's you know like a, a guy being chased by mortality which is mm-hmm. also kind of great and especially it's it's even more of a thing now now that the whole world except, is frozen over except and, the director's cut they they put a pie in the lady's hand so it looks like the t- skeleton's chasing her to get the pie yeah well, that's true he's hungry his stomach <laughs> fell out Oh yeah! Fucking pirates of the Caribbean bullshit. <laughs> uh, so the goblins come inside. She's hiding in the loft. Uh, 
mortal world turn to ice. Here be goblins paradise. The goblins are. Blinks got gross. like a fucking rhyme for every occasion. Yep. So Blinks uses a unicorn for the first time to make the clock move again because the unicorn horn magic. This makes. This goes on for a while where he, like Blinks is just in the cottage talking to the goblins, just randomly doing magic with the unicorn yeah. horn like it's magic wand. But again, and well, and fucking the princess, she runs up into the rafters of the cottage. Yeah, the loft. Yeah, and uh, but it's just like I guess this is where she realizes that it's her touching. Well, uh, or something like she like this is where she kind of like understands the scope of what's happening a little bit. Yeah, Pox goes. Uh, you act. Uh, you only shot it. Got the shot in because the princess was there. Oh yeah, twas, and she realizes. Yeah, twas beauty led the beast to bay. She was so sweet, I could eat her brains like jam. Yeah, and was it the pig guy's talking about he wants to shuck her bones and stuff like that? Yeah. Which is great. Like, that is really hardcore, like, Brothers Grimm stuff. I, that is, yeah, I yeah. that that is really great. So they better hurry. They don't want to keep darkness waiting. So they ride, they ride off into the night. Pyaw, pyaw, pyaw. And she's like, what have I done? You just see a frozen baby, too. Which yeah. I thought was kind of actually, which, again. Uh, uh blather says oh he likes milk fed meat yeah milk fed um, meat that's an, like aside from just even putting fantasy stuff on the screen the uh, like a big part of this tone poem that really scott seemed to be trying to put together with this film was also trying to see how grim mm. both like adjective wise and the proper name g-r-r-i-m-m he could get with the material and still get it like bringing it as a pg-13 film mm. And so, yeah, you actually, uh, that that's one of the more unique, interesting things about this movie is just, like, the kind of, like, the grim tone of this movie, which is actually kind of really interesting. So now there's a small glowing dot flying over various parts of the forest, and it flies up and finds uh, Jack all half-buried in the snow. Uh, and he wakes up, and... So does he just, like, break out of the, the frozen pond and then just fall asleep? I guess. He was very tired. I guess well, he was swimming underwater for a good three three minutes or so, yeah, yeah, until he ran out of breath. So there's a bunch of pixies around. He's like, "Was who's there? Who are you? Here be the forest child, and you not know Gump, Honeythorn Gump." Oh, is that his name? Because he comes out and he says something. Yeah. And then he takes a big dramatic bow. Yeah. And this, this is really... This kid always looks like he's sucking in his gut as much as possible and trying to stand as rigid as possible, but nobody told him how correct posture works, so yeah. he always looks very uncomfortable. The performer's really cool, though. This yeah. is actually one of my favorite things in the movie, because this kid, I think he was 19, according to Ridley Scott in the commentary, he talks about, he was actually a 19-year-old guy, uh, but he like had some kind of condition, so he looked like he was 12. And so they took advantage of the fact that, like, you know, this guy was a little bit older, so he could, like, actually perform in a, in a way that most, you couldn't get too many 12-year-olds to give a performance like this. Yeah. And, uh, really, Scott was really, really dug this guy, because he was a German guy, and supposedly his accent was really cool, and he, like, fought really hard to keep the kid's original voice in, but, mm. like, I guess the, 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 the studio was like, nah, like, no one's gonna... Well, no, he specifically says, like, they were gonna keep the original voice until one of the, uh guys at the studio heard the kid's German accent and said, no one's going to watch a movie with a Nazi fairy in it. We got to dub that voice. <laughs> and so they, then they just got the, the lady who plays, who was also in the suit for Blix. Yeah. And performed the voice for Blix. Uh, had her just like, uh, she also performed the voice for Gump. So they sound kind of similar. Yeah, if that was intentional, it'd be kind of a cool, like, 
evil good dichotomy where they were both it would be interesting if they were both played by the same character yeah i mean they never share screen time so that's a good point well, too fuck so. not, but yeah I, mean, nah. Nah. I do like the like that's one of the few things from like catching glimpses of this movie on hbo back in the kid uh back in the day i do remember this kid and i remember tim curry but that's pretty much it but i do remember this kid being like ah jack what are you doing yeah and like yeah no this is a really cool character though i like him that's good yeah so uh, the fairy is all buzzing around Jack's head. He's like, "Knock it off!" It's some Peter Pan shit. Yeah, yeah. that's Una. Totally... She likes you. Are we gonna get into the how this this is Zelda the movie? You can if you want. People have talked about how I can't remember if this stemmed from Miyamoto actually claiming that Legend was an influence on this movie, or people have just, just assumed rumored. this. But you can totally this movie came out smack dab in the middle of the development of their very first Zelda game, mm-hmm. and I could totally see. Even if it's well, I mean they're both fantasy things, so of course yeah. they're gonna have a lot of stuff in common, just like magic and elves and shit like that. But just even both, uh, well, just the fact that you got Jack kind of dressed like a proto Link, mm-hmm. like you know, like no pants, boots. You've got like the fairies, just like Tattle from Ocarina of Time. You've got uh, fucking uh, the, the Lord of Darkness, yeah, Navi. You've got <laughs> the Lord of Dar- Darkness essentially living in a Deku tree. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of shit, like, you can kind of see so how... There's no Deku tree in the original. Well, that's Zelda. what I'm saying. Well, that's the weird thing, though. Like, if this influenced Zelda, this must have been some stuff that, like, showed up, like, yeah. It's, yeah blah, 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 blah. I, I can kind of see it, but yeah. Anyway. So, uh... Does your blood run so cold, Jack? You'll be a gobs before your time. I don't know what a gobs yeah, is. Yeah, there's some weird, just... They're just throwing in some fairy tale shit, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they talk for a while. Uh, they don't know why Winter's doing shit. They don't know why Winter's there all of a sudden. Yeah. But, uh, he tells them that he took Lily to see the unicorn, and they're like, oh, you fucking asshole! that's the thing, because Jack's like, did you not see anything weird today? Yeah. And I thought that this was an inference that Jack, uh, that, that, that Gump actually knew what happened, but no. He just... He just, for some reason, assumes Jack must be somehow connected to what's happening in the forest, and he's turned out to be totally right. And then, it, I guess this is one of the big differences in uh, in the director's cut. Gump looks like he's about to strangle the shit out of Jack yeah. when Jack admits that he led uh, Lily to the unicorns. Because, like, really, the camera closes so, in on, like, yeah. Gump's eyes just looking so pissed, and it's great. Yeah, there's, uh... He's like, I did take Lily to see the unicorns. You did what? Yeah. And then there's various shots of forest pixies. Obviously, some were not meant to be seen for long portions because it's obviously just a mask somebody pulled oh, over their Oh, I head. didn't even notice but that, But there's yeah. one that's a... Uh, he goes, silence! And everybody shuts up. But there's one that's just <laughs> smiling with covered in snow, kind of... Oh, yeah. Just... Slower, slowly <laughs> lowering down. I posted an image of it on, from, on my Twitter. Oh, that's funny. That, okay. Uh, was a... Uh, fucking just great just a big ass smile <laughs> forest pixie uh and then jack's like oh god gump she touched him and oh i can't believe you let her touch it uh all will be forgiven if you solve my riddle I wish more things worked in life where it's just like hey you do the riddle again I this movie working on weird dream logic yeah, Which it can also you can it's kind of like fairy tale logic, but like it's like why why suddenly is a riddle important? And also Jack seems to calm down a little bit when Jack uh, suggests that like he did this for love, mm. and so that keeps like Gump from like immediately just like strangling him 
And the, yeah, this is when he's like, I, yeah, this is like, okay, I, the riddle, yeah, let's do some riddle shit, yeah. So, uh, what if I can't answer the riddle? <laughs> then it's your death song I'm gonna be playing. Oh, yeah, because then fucking Gump from out of nowhere pulls out a big fucking fiddle. Yeah. With, like, I do like the, like, the chin stock has, like, like, fucking uh, rabbit fur on it, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. So what bell did it not ring? Yeah, it's nails make the angels sing. And he answered this and all be forgiven. <laughs> Flowers? Bluebells. Do you hear that means your life is an end? I, didn't know I guess that, that's a thing, yeah. I guess yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. So uh, Gump throws a hell of a fit, which I don't think is in the theatrical version, but is in the he goes television version. a while. It's in the director's cut. He's, like, fucking banging his head against yeah. the rocks and just, like... I mean, I guess he's the like, idea is that Gump? he is still kind of a child, so he yeah. is, he's a child. But now, now he's oh. happy. You bested me, Jack! Bested me, bested me! And... Uh, Jack's like, a riddle without an answer is like an empty cup when you're thirsty for wine. Well spoken. I don't know why he's the Joker, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and now if you want wine, it's wine we shall have. Brown Tom. A small measure of we, entertainment's best. Watching this with my friends, uh, Joshin interpreted it, he thought it was Brown Town. Brown Town. <laughs> like, what the fuck is gotta... Brown? So we, every time they... Oh, you're going to take a trip to ba- Brown Town? To Brown I'll Town, yeah. I'll tell you what Brown Town is. Cause... Back door. So poor Brown Town. But yeah. So I, I do like there's this bit where uh, Gump, he out of nowhere throws his hands up. He's got little uh, acorn thimbles on his fingers. Yeah, it looks like he's playing olive fingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, th- this is what they're going to serve the wine that's hidden under Brown Town's hat. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I, I also love. It's a large bottle of me best. Yeah. I, I, I love this custom little flask yeah. that the wine is in that's sitting on top of Brown Town's head, mm-hmm. which is, the, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cute. So Again, this this has no bearing on the story. Yeah, it's just it's, random happenings. It's just filler, which I is I mean, fine. they're becoming friends. Yeah. You need to establish they're becoming friends. But this, in the director's, set up the kill- in the director's cut, though, it's, it is one of those things where, like, I can see why they cut this out of the theatrical This version, isn't a, this isn't a Or at least the, the riddle and stuff like that, too. The riddle's in there. While. He just doesn't throw the tantrum, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. But that is in the television version. Oh. But he pours one and there's a point where brown town's like ah oh, there you go careful now and sits down and farts <laughs> sorry does he <laughs> yeah the director's cut <laughs> yeah oh jeez. well it's good i laugh even redley scott is not immune to a fart joke yeah yeah and then uh so then uh gump is like no finer drink in heaven here's to jack and stands up and brown town's like oh brother and has to stand back up <laughs> Fucking shit. So when I came back and enjoy your wine, you don't have to yeah. do fucking calisthenics in the middle of the fucking forest on a snowy night. Yeah, so they drink to Jack. Uh, Billy now Barty. everyone's fast friends. Billy Barty puts coat on Jack. Oh yeah, Billy Barty, famed uh, dwarf guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like 70 years old and still trucking in this yeah. movie. Holy shit. So, uh, and Jack's like, don't you care what happened? Of course we care. What girl's a world locked in a season of death? So they got a thing out. Uh, first, we must see there's no harm come to unicorns. So they walk through the quote unquote snow. Have we? Did, did, where would you have gotten past all the bubbles that magically appear oh, yeah, for no reason? No, there's butter bubbles all over the for the. Which I guess scene. this music is like later on. There's also a scene with Una later where buzz, when they're in jail mm-hmm. that bubbles magically appear. So I guess like that's kind of like Ridley Scott shorthand for magic. If you is... look really close. You can see uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly floating in them, in her love dress. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But uh, they walk through the snow, hear a whale call, thus leading them to find a unicorn. It's all dead in this snow and shit. It is. This is a nicely lyrical scene. I do like how, 
Yeah, it's obviously just like a fake unicorn. They yeah. just kind of sculpted, With but the like sun setting or rising. Yeah, in the it, it almost feels like they're at the end of the world. There's this like tree. It's mm-hmm. this. You really do feel like things have gotten fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Jack goes over and looks at it. The unicorn shows up. Oh, it's mad. It neighs at him, and it get, he gets very sad and cries glitter this, all over his cheeks. This is one of those things where the, all the whale song kind of suggests that they're having a conversation. Mm. To the point that actually he comes back and, like... Could be. Yeah, yeah like, one of the guys you, is like, what... what, what? went no wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and Gump wants They ask him, like, what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. The dark world is where we will stay. We're cursed. Is there not we can do? There is something in one of these versions of the film here kind of suggests that like maybe the horn can be replaced yeah he said mm. or maybe that's just in the commentary we must get the alicorn back okay that's only what then it is. Will okay, the world, yeah. world return to more and i've more, never normal heard, i've never heard of anyone have a name for the actual horn from a unicorn mm. which that's kind of interesting i don't know if that's unique to this film or if that's a known thing i've never heard of before but we must find a champion cool. bold in heart and pure in spirit you'll do <laughs> oh no no it's about no weapons you'll learn yeah i know yeah yeah, so you they, better, because we had no other options, yeah, man. It's tell, either... Tell Browntown... Brown you know, you got me doing it. It's Browntown, why not? <laughs> Stay with the unicorn. I'll guard her like it's me own life. Better! So, Goblin Crew's hanging out at the campfire. Uh, magic horn is mine, mine, mine. Now all creatures love oh, the Oh, it's night. just the goblins doing and their own thing, yeah. worship goblin is divine. Shouldn't talk like that, Blix. Why not? I got the power now. Plenty big talk. Ha, huh, not even darkness lasts forever. Uh, is that after that? Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, and there's a scene where they go back, we go back to the Jack and the other people, and he's gonna go in a cave to get his weapon. Oh, it's a, oh, this is another thing where I think this is all intercut in one of the cuts, where in one of the cuts, it's they're two entirely separate scenes, mm. but yeah. But yeah, Jack, like they, I, I guess Gump just happens to know of a stash where there's yeah. like magic shit. Yeah, yeah. for some reason he can't follow him, but Una will take him in. So Una leads Jack into the cave, and then Shablam Sublus to Bliwi. Una turns normal size in front of Jack, and she got crazy ass eyes. And she got also a hair all over the place yeah. too. I love the the design for like human Una. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, her eyes are too blue, is what makes well, her look otherworldly. Well, also in the in the ups you can totally tell that they're just contacts. Yeah, they're just of like course oh, they are. that's one of the things with contacts. You can't really do the, like the dimensionality of like lights in in a real person's eyes. Yeah, so it just looks like kind of yeah, it makes it look a little more. I mean, it's not more totally ugly or anything like no, that. No, it but, just yeah. it makes it look more like like it's a fairy. Yeah. So uh, so she turned normal size. She said, Jack, don't don't tell nobody. Promise. Promise. She just wants to jump his bone so bad. She does. It's kind of cute. Again, it doesn't impact the story, but it's cute characterization that she was, she's in love with Link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, everything in this scene is absolutely coated in glitter. From the sword to the armor to well, Jack to the... And Una. also, I think uh, Ridley Scott like put some put a filter on the lens, so mm. it's all like looks like a '70s tampon commercial, a douche <laughs> commercial, because it's all like like not it, only is every, well, it well they're, like, they're inside it, a treasure trove. It looks like a strip club from the '90s exploded. Yeah, well, I mean, they're inside a treasure trove, so of course they're gonna put extra glare on it just to make everything yeah. look extra fancy. But on top of that, you do have like this smeary lens uh filter over the camera the lens that makes everything just kind of look like look yeah it's 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 well they wanted to show like everything's all kind of gleaming and stuff there's There's all there's all treasure chests filled with gold and and armor and weapons that's there's there's like a scaled armor Mm -hmm. and a big sword like right in the middle and he grabs the sword i get hype yeah really scott in the commentary he talks about how 
in the original scripts, uh, every other scene there was like a big action scene. Like mm. there was supposed to be a big action scene, but where they end up get like there was supposed to be more of an explanation about how they find this treasure trove and how mm-hmm. they get to it. Whereas in the finished film, they essentially go from like finding the dead unicorn to like, oh, we need a sword. Oh, well, there's a cave right there. Let's go get the sword. <laughs> and like even even like getting to the castle is like, oh, like this whole movie takes place within like ten square blocks. Yeah. Like it's like oh and like like they they could pretty much see the castle the evil castle from the forest that like it, yeah really Scott talks about yeah there was all like all this stuff was interspersed with big action scenes that they had to cut out both for time and also for budgetary constraints so the finished film is more just like the highlights of what needed to happen without any of the like the, yeah, I think the, keeps, them traveling there it keeps the tone better I yeah think, not and also action scenes all the, the movie would have also been way longer yeah. if you like had to have a big Indiana Jones adventure scene for them to just get into the cave to get the armor yeah. or if they had to go like looking like had to find and get a map and like yeah so yeah so back to the goblins Higher, higher, burning fire, making music like a choir. So, uh... Yeah, the goblins are just, like, at yeah. camp, essentially, and yeah. Pox is like, Seems a pity to waste such power. Waste? Better watch out, old pal Pox, or I'll turn you into pork chops! Why not turn everything into garbage? A great towering mountain of sloth. I do love that the pig guy just wants a big pile of garbage, <laughs> and that's, that's... That is the... That is the scale of his ambitions. Yeah. So then, higher, higher, burning fire, making music like a choir again. But then, whoof, behind Blix while Blix is <laughs> laughing. A bunch of fucking cool ass looking robes fly up behind him. Again, Blix, yeah. Blix, 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 Big D! And uh, Blix throws down the unicorns. <laughs> but then, Blunder grabs it and picks it up. And it's like, stop! I Hear do me, love this. you angel of darkness. Your reign is over. A new order begins. I hold the power. Enough. And uh, some lightning shoots out of uh, Tim Curry's hand. Yeah, not that you really see Tim Curry again. No, it's it's one of those things where robes. it's just a bunch of flowing robes yeah. with Tim Curry's voice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he essentially uses the force to suck the... Uh, the alicorn horn out of yeah. uh, the, 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 whatever the fuck, Blunders. Mon- Blunder's hand, grabs it and uh, uses make, it. To make a mummy come to life. And that, th- that's actually pretty good. It grabs cool. Blunder's leg and he goes, shit! <laughs> Blunder is fucked. Yeah. yeah. Please, it was only a joke. I didn't mean it. No, no. Have you no sense of humor? <laughs> Adios, amigos! I do. And the mummy jumps down a bit. Um, wow. I do love how the comic relief they're the most kind of like modern in terms of they're like they're making like they're, like they're joking in Spanish the big D and stuff like that yeah, yeah. It's, it's very goofy but yeah yeah so uh, but yeah that mummy just yeah, picks him up and walks away like yeah. like, like no lo- like no threatening or anything like that and you think mm-hmm. that guy's gone but no you'll find out soon enough yeah darkness likes you think this shit's a play thing what the fuck you doing with this unicorn shit yeah uh, uh, before I rule only in the night. Now my minions will frolic in the darkness until the end of time. Unicorns are dead, right? Oh, fuck yeah, the unicorns are totally dead. We totally smoked true. those guys, yeah. Yeah, you lie. Here is dawn. And it's essentially true. And the camera just cuts to actually just showing the, the sun coming up, and it's like, well, <coughs> shit, okay. Yeah. Stallion is dead. Dead as dreams. But the mayor still lives. Oh, that's when we find out that like, yeah, the Even one Even when one unicorn walks the earth, my power is not complete. She's just a female, Lord. She has no power. Blix then went on a Gamergate website and posted about men's rights. <laughs> uh. 
Only the power of creation. Get the mail! And that scene done. Brown Tom is hanging out with the mayor by a campfire. Well, let's see here. What have we here? Ah, a little sassafras? A little spearmint? Oh, and I should say. I don't remember any of this. Maybe it's not Lily director's was watching cut. the goblins hang out. I totally forgot about Lily. <laughs> she was watching all she that She does kind of disappear in the segment of the film, yeah. Uh, have some foxglove and a little coat's foot. All right, who goes there? And it's Lily. I'm Princess Lily. You're, you're the cause of all our sorrow. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know. So uh, she tells him that the goblins are coming to kill the mayor. It's not safe to be here. You gotta go, go get, get out of here. Leave, go now. Of course, the moment she and says like, that. Good lass. You're a plucky little partridge. And it, oh, too late. And the goblins show up, walking through chest-high snow. Chest-high snow, yeah, holy <laughs> shit. If you imps are looking for a fight, I come to the chap who will oblige you. So he starts hitting their arrows back with his frying pans. Ah, ho, ho, ha, ha. He's doing a pretty good job shit. of fucking deflecting yeah. all their shots, too. I was pretty impressed. You can't, can't beat me. You can't shwink. And an arrow lands right in the top of his hat. Yeah. Little tool is stuck. <laughs> they done for me. And he falls over. The goblins approach Lily and the mare with a net. Dump, bump, bump. For being an all-powerful beast, this unicorn gets captured pretty easily. Yeah, especially by a couple, like, very little creatures. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And there's one of my favorite things in the movie. There's, like, this shitty, like, side wipe right here. Mm. Where, it, like, it's almost like, a, like two images are on a piece of glass and it just kind of, like, tw- uh, swivels. Huh. Which is something like that. Like, you only see in, like, 70s and 80s movies, which I always thought was kind of... It's a very old, old-fashioned kind of... uh transition yeah, but, so yeah. time passed a little bit and gump and jack and we come back brown tom brown tom you can't be dead this is terrible gump schoolball jack lad they killed you too cause they i forgot didn't. this whole thing yeah they're like what the fuck's wrong what, with what you? in blazes are you talking about goblins goblins shot me through me brain pan Oh, that's one spot an arrow won't do no harm. Because the arrow, it done broke his wine bottle on his head. I do love you making a Billy Barney face when you do that. You're like, your <laughs> eyes go really wide and you, you start gotta, talking out of the side gotta, of your mouth. You gotta do a Billy Barney face if you're gonna do a Billy Barney voice. God, what else was Billy Barney in? He like, was in Willow. Oh, that's right. He was the Elder Wizard in Wiz- Willow. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of those character actors, like, you know who he is when you hear the voice and see yeah. the face. And even buried under all this makeup. And, yeah, he was just in all kinds of stuff. I can't even be- remember to recall. But, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember what sketch <sighs> show it was on. Maybe, I don't know if it was, like, Mad TV or Kids in the Hall or something. But there was something where Billy Barty climbed into a, uh, what is that called? Uh, one of those, uh, a punching bag. Oh and my they God. had uh, one of the actors from the sketch show be like, uh, punch it. Yeah. Be like, man, Billy, oh. ba- Billy Body, she was good to hit. He makes my, 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 he's easy on the hands. And then at the end of the, end of the sketch, after Mike Tyson lookalike beat it up, they opened it and just a bunch of meat fell out. No! <laughs> I don't remember what sketch show I was from. That's great, yeah. It's into my, when, my Yeah, when you're savvy enough to actually, like, make it a specifically a barely, uh, Billy Barty. Oh, he was in UHF. Oh, you should have known that. Uh, yeah, Noodles McIntosh. Yeah, he was Willow, Master of the Universe. Oh, just everything. Yeah, he was one of the chief, like a little, uh, little uh, people working in Hollywood for the. Yeah, he started off in the 1930s. 19. His first film was in 1930. He worked with uh, 
uh, Spike Jones and his ensemble and stuff. And yeah, man, 1985 between this and Blaster Master and Thunderdome is a good year for dwarves. And he was in Masters of the Universe, which I've never seen. That's bad. Movie. I've seen clips. That's a I like. Very I've, bad I've, movie. I've, yeah. Oh, poor guy. Poor dude's a dwarf, 70 years old, and still like having to work under all these makeup and costumes and shit like that. It's one thing if he could just show up and just be himself, but oh god, he was a Mormon. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I don't feel too bad after all. <laughs> no, Bill. Aw. It's not like he was a Scientologist. No reason for me to have an issues with Mormons or anything <laughs> like that. They're super but, yeah. nice people, assholes. Whatever. Oh, oh fuck, that was nice people. Billy Barty was sued in small claims court. Small claims court. Like, anyway, well, yeah. So, uh, he's, uh, Browntown is like, I did my best to fight them off, but they swarmed me up by the hundreds. All fierce curses you were. The princess warned me, but Lily? Then she's alive! And I love his line. She was still alive when they killed me. And he does this great, like, head nod, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A good performance. I really love Yeah, the, the, the guy playing Browntown is fantastic, yeah. yeah. There's a moment later when, like, they're, they're, uh... What's it called when they're synchronizing their watches yeah it's a good character. i don't even know who that performer is i recognize billy party though but i don't know this necessarily oh let's let's look up legend the, the makeup... legend of brown town <laughs> the makeup is really good too yeah well they look like cartoon dwarves this is what you think the dwarves and the hobbit would have looked like at some point i'm not sure when exactly it happened maybe mid 80s or early 90s like facial makeup effects just kind of went to shit mm-hmm. like you well, think it would advance by now, but it just went that. Yeah. <laughs> there are some things, if you were to do this movie today, like I noticed at the very beginning when uh, Blix is talking to uh, the Lord of Darkness, and like Lord of Dar- Darkness has his claw out and almost like touches Blinks' mm-hmm. like super long nose. They're kind of doing some kind of visual symmetry there. Yeah. Like today you would have like uh, Blinks' makeup would be made out of silicone, so the, like the light from the fire behind them would kind of like be translucent through the nose makeup yeah. a little bit or something like that. But still, for the time, it's fucking amazing. And it is really weird how makeup... In the 90s, like, yeah, if anything, kind of regressed. And, like, my go-to for regressed makeup effects is Richard Nixon in Watchmen. Looks fucking awful. (sighs) Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, I don't don't know if you just happen to have a lot of makeup guys just retiring. But Weta does really good. Which one? Weta. They do really good, like, prosthetics. Depending on, like, it it seemed like there were a couple people who survived her who were surviving, who were doing good work, but, like, man, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Well, uh, I should also note that the makeup in this movie was done by, uh, I've heard his name either pronounced either Rob Botton or Rob Botin. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the guy who did, he did the makeup for uh, The Thing, Mm. uh, Total Recall, RoboCop, Mm. a whole Mm. bunch of stuff, Mm. and he's known for, like, really gritty, visceral stuff. And so this is kind of nice to see him doing, like, fantasy makeup uh, for once, as opposed to just, like, splatter makeup and, and things like that, but... Um, yeah, it's it's all really nicely designed. It's 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 nicely designed and nicely applied too. Like yeah. it's both like the design is cool and also just like how it's applied and everything like that. Just yeah, yeah tra- translated those designs translate translated to three dimensional space very nicely. Mm-hmm. So, so the, yeah. they follow the goblins' tracks in the snow to the great tree where evil anarchy ruled. When Which evil again is located a block and a half away from yeah. where, where everything else has been happening. The yeah. wicked came here to sacrifice. Brown Tom, they're they're going they're headed down a hill to go to it, and Brown Tom runs past Jack, and the mask here obviously isn't as like detailed as other time because his his eyes are like these hollow say, dark yeah. nightmare fuel. It's probably a pullover mask yeah, rather than actual is. like like yeah. applied makeup. Yeah, 
kind of nightmarish. I, I didn't even notice that, but yeah, if you're looking for that, that would be a, that's yeah. And I've, I've, I, Jack turns around and throws the torch he's been carrying. I always like the he underhand throws it. I've always I don't know why, but I always like the way he throws it, the sound that it does, and the way it like the splits arcs. into two and arcs down. Yeah, always looked really. They cool. never they never explain exactly why he's getting because you think you're getting closer to the castle of darkness. Get more torches. Don't yeah, throw away I, the two would, that you have. I would guess they probably just don't want to be noticed or something. Yeah. Hard to say. Because they are headed into, like, the fucking evil Oh, that evil is a good point. Place. If you're trying to sneak in, yeah. And, uh... Touche. Uh, uh, they get to a swamp, and Screwball's like, Ugly. I hate it. Good. You go first. Why always me? And, uh... J- he's like, go! And while Screwball's going, he says, Foreigner. That's a weird insult. <laughs> I don't know. I just mumbles foreigner. Yeah, it's one of this. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's like just like a post production. Just like they needed him but, to say something or but something. But Billy Barty runs across a bunch of trees, stumps, and logs across this swamp, and is like, "I made it! I made it!" And then oh, he falls backwards because something grabs him out of the swamp. And oh, a screwball! They all run over. Brown Tone and. Gump just vanish, I guess, here. Yeah, this they, is... They, they aren't in this scene at all, but... Again, this little Dream Logic he, they, movie stuff. Yeah, they pull... he pull, uh, Jack pulls Screwball out of the swamp, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And then one of my favorite characters pops up. Foul-tasting fanny! It's fucking Meg This is... I remember seeing... When Legend first came out, I was reading Starlog magazine. They had, mm-hmm. like, a picture of Meg Mucklebones on the cover. Like, yeah. a little cover blurb. So, uh, whenever I see this character, this is one of the characters I most... Uh, associate with Legend, because I remember seeing, like, yeah, like, the first time I ever heard about Legend, this was, like, the promotional picture. And this is one of the things I was most excited to talk to you about, because yeah. you know who played May Muckleboy, right? I did not realize until the end credits when I saw the actor's name <laughs> pop up, and I was like, where the fuck was that guy in this movie? Then I looked it up, and I'm like, really? Yeah! What the f- <laughs> fuck? Of all the characters who I... Of all the actors who could have been in the Meg Mucklebones thing, I would have never thought it would be Robert fucking Picardo. Mm-hmm. Doctor uh, from uh, Voyager. That's what he's best known for now. He was. He was also in Inner Space. Well, he is a Joe Dante player, so he's in Inner Space. He was supposed to be in the first Gremlins, but for something, for some reason, that was one of the few Joe, Joe Dante movies he didn't show up in. Mm. But he's in Gremlins too. He's uh uh. Well, he plays Johnny Cab in Total Recall, mm. and so it's funny because that's another Rob Botten project. He like put him in all kinds of makeup and or like made in a, a robot version of him. Uh, yeah, just. Robert Picardo's fucking amazing, and how for how, how he wound up in that costume, I have no idea. <laughs> but he's great. This is another example of uh, he's he's essentially in a coffin of makeup. Yeah, like even the way Un- he comes up out of the water, unrecognizable. Oh, uh, that's the one thing that kind of kills this this character a little bit is how he rises up out of the water. It's obviously he's, like, on some kind of rig that pulls him mm, up, I but it's not terrible, but, like, it's, it's obviously he doesn't have, like, any legs. He's pretty much a performance just from the waist up, despite, like, being his waist as at, like, the eye height of, 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 of Tom Cruise. But, yeah, his he's got the long claws and the makeup, and he's got the big bug eyes, and, mm-hmm. like, again, he must be wearing contacts in his yeah. eyeballs because, like, it's obviously not, not, not human eyes. And, well, this is another thing that Ridley Scott talks about how um, for the makeup for the darkness, mm-hmm. because they put Tim Curry in so much makeup, they had to build up his body to make him look artificially bigger than he actually is. Yeah. Part of the problem is that his face suddenly looked really tiny in that fake head that he was essentially built mm. into. And so in order to at least keep, uh, 
uh, Tim Curry's face, at least vaguely in proportion with the makeup, mm-hmm. uh, they put giant glass contacts on his eyeballs to make his eyeballs look even bigger. Yeah. So, like, like yeah, exactly, to keep up with the proportion, which they, like, I think they said they were, like, half spherical glass balls, not just, like, little contacts over his pupils, but, like, essentially his eyeballs were encased half in glass wow. the whole time he was performing his darkness. And I'm wondering they must have done something similar to Robert Picardo. Because Robert Picardo, uh, the Meg, Meg Mucklebones, he just essentially has white eyes with, like, one dot little pupils in them. Almost looks like a Rick and Morty character. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the fucking, the big snout and just the fact that also Robert Picardo's covered in all this latex makeup and wet. Yeah. So it must be even be heavier and nastier. Mm. I mean, Meg Mucklebones only shows up in the movie for, like, a minute and a half. But still. So in the theatrical version, Meg Mucklebones sings. Very, very short. Oh, really? A very short. This does go on for a while. But, no, I like that a lot. No, no, it's fine, but, like, but again, like the from whole, a story perspective? The whole Jack, like, so, okay. So, Mega Muckle Book come out. Come to Meg, a juicy boy. Yeah. Who be this tender morsel disturbing Meg's muckle bones rest? Jack. They call me Jack, ma'am. And what a fine, fat boy you are, Jack. Does she say any of this in the, 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 the version that so you grew I'll, up with? I'll, I'll tell you what's cut out. So, you, you don't really mean to eat me, I would imagine you, it's all the, yeah. Oh, indeed I do! <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a shame, because someone as fair and lovely as yourself, Miss Meg, deserves far better than scrawny me, don't you think? And this is all cut out of the theatrical version. That's him, what I was saying, like, yeah. The, how hot she is. But that's all in the television version, which is what I grew up that's on. That's really weird, yeah. yeah. You think me fair, do you, Jack? All the heavenly angels must envy your beauty. What a fine meal you'll make. Be the rest of you as sweet as your tongue. Uh, feast on the beauty of your reflection. Look! <laughs> He's having her look into the reflection of a shield, uh... And you think, well, the, the whole thing with him, like, flattering her, you think would be, lead more into how he ends up killing her, but, like, you can see him kind of fumbling with the sword, and they keep on yeah. talking, and then suddenly he does lash out and kill her, but, he, like, you're left kind of wondering, why didn't he just do that from the start? Maybe he had to steal his courage to finally try, you know, this is the first creature he's actually well, killed. Well, I, I, you but know, like, certain swords, you don't just pop it out. I know, but still. Guilty. But, but s- yeah, he he's never run into anything like this before in the forest. Yeah. But, um... Your your alchemy makes crusted steel, steel shine like silver. That's discerning taste for one so young. Come, Jack, come. Give us a kiss before dining. And he chop off her head. And it's really big what happens. He, like, swings at her and she's just screaming. But, like, yeah, of course they're not going to show, like, her head rolling off yeah. or anything like that. But And he's like, hey, I did it. Yeah. And right there, poink, advertisement break. Oh, time yeah, for the, perfect. Time yeah. for the commercials. And that's also another Pause one it. big buffalo shot because he's, like, crouching with no pants yeah. on. And he's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, quick scene of Lily next to the unicorn in darkness's lair with a pair of green eyes watching them from the shadows. In a chair. Eh, you don't really see the chair. It's just kind of, the, it's a close-up of the eyes. Yeah, but like, I, from what I saw, it's a chair. It's, yeah, it's it essentially, it's, it's, it looks like it's, it's a darkness's throne with a face built in the back of it with like, yeah, glowing green eyes. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's supposed to play into, because like, you know, you get... You see uh, Darkness himself as glowing green eyes at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I don't know if they're like... I think it's just supposed to be Darkness watching her. Well, Darkness also... I don't know if it's this scene, but it is coming up that he starts talking to his father. Yeah, it's coming up. And so I don't know if his like, father is the chair or... <laughs> I don't know, yeah. So the our heroes are walking through this area and Screwball falls down a super fun happy slide a short way. 
slips and slides down the scrotes. And then he's like, oh, we look, what a big trumpet. I bet it makes lots of noise. Our lives are lost if it blows, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because they're inside the castle I'm, now, right? Yeah, I think so. I've never understood quite why Screwball pulls on, like, it's kind of a hanging arm-looking leg bone thing. He yeah. yanks on it, and it makes the floor kind of s- drop a little bit underneath him. And I think it stopped, and then it drops, and they whee, fall down this and slide. Is, yeah, this is another big segment where uh, Ridley Scott talks about how there was supposed to be a whole big thing of them running around the castle fighting monsters. Mm. supposed to be a big action scene, and that explains how they eventually end up being captured and put in the dungeons. They had to cut all that out, so essentially the first thing they do is they walk into the castle... And the floor drops out from beneath them, randomly just dumps them into the dungeons, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Well, they they, they slide down this slide. And yeah, the, end up the in little the bit a- of goonies there and, for a second. And end up in the Anne's family basement, get on a gondola, and whoop, 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 <laughs> go across. Oh. So they're, they're in the, they, they slide down into the jail now. And mm. they got Directly into the jail. Yep. Yeah. It's like Beyond Dark Castle. That's a old Macintosh Beyond game. Dark Castle? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, they fall down, and, uh, there's somebody in the next cello over, and there's like, you gotta be quiet, or you'll be fricassee's fatties if you don't keep quiet, who'll be you, Buckethead, and, uh, turns out Blunder's also a pixie, and did you- Yeah, re- he takes off his helmet, and, uh- Yeah, I'm assuming you I recognize was, this guy? I thought it was Deep Roy. Yeah. Who is an Indian, like, he's a, he's a dwarven Indian dude. Is it Who's not? been in a thousand things. No, it's a dude that looks just like him. It's another Indian dwarf guy. I thought he was. His name's, like, Ravan Shankar or something like that. Mm. It's not, that's, I thought it was him, too, and so I started looking it up, and I'm like, wait, Deep Roy's not actually credited as being in Legend. Who is this guy? Yeah, and I so thought, thought known for on the the IMDb, but I might it might maybe ID, IMDb's racist and is like all short guys are because like you know I mean Deep Roy uh, he played the uh, snail driver in uh, yeah uh, Never Ending Story he played all the 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 Oompa Loompas in Tim Burton's Willy Wonka movie yeah oh he was in Narnia that's what I got it confused um, with do you know what who that actor is though? yeah he's a... oh Kieran Shaw yeah yeah. And Kieran Shaw, he's in Rogue One. Yeah, he, oh, he's still doing stuff. Like, yeah, he played Tito, uh, the little desert alien who tries to steal BB-8 in the most recent, uh, uh, well, not the most recent Star Wars, in, in the Force Awakens. Uh, but yeah, no, he's still trucking along. So he played Dumpy the house schmuck. <laughs> what? And Harry Potter and the ridiculous. Oh, premise. I don't remember that. Yeah. No, sorry, Harvey Putter. <laughs> Harvey Putter and the Ridiculous Premise. Uh, That's got to be one of those like terrible like date movie movies. Seriously, that are just yeah. Fucking awful parodies. God. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't. A, he was just an uncredited goblin in Harry Potter and Horsener, Sorcerer's Zone. Yeah, he's in yeah. the Dark Crystal. He's in, he's Return in of the Jedi. Of shit. Yeah. He's an aliens. There are dwarves and aliens. Uh-huh. Huh. Maybe it's a very little alien. Oh, he was in Titanic where he stunt doubled all of the children in the film. <laughs> Perfect. Love you, Kieran Shaw. So, uh, turns out he's also a pixie. He's got this weird, like, eagle talon hand. Yeah, like a chicken leg or yeah. something like that for a hand. And they're like, what happened to you? And he said, it's a long story. Let's just say I looking, went looking for adventure and found more than I could handle. But it don't matter now. We all in the same fix. So, uh, me and you is all barbecue. Barbecue? That's right, barbecue. 
Yeah, there's so, a lot of character just like yelling, like kind of yeah, like a, oh, panicky. Jack's like, like Gump, that. pick the lock, but ah, iron is trouble for elves. He can't pick it. I do like that. That is an old uh, Irish uh, thing where like yeah, elves are especially cold iron mm. tends to be an enemy of uh, magical creatures and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. The thing, oh no, he's coming! And it's a, a side character from Mad Max shows up, and we wandered on set. It in this is a movie. pig face dude with the big leather apron. Yeah, yeah, literally pig face. Well, I think he's got a leather pig or, mask like, on. Yeah, because like his jaw is not like it's hard to tell if it's supposed to be makeup or if it's just a mask or yeah. like that. He's, like he's wearing in universe sniffing, and yeah. rah, 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 they all hide in the hay. Brown Tom almost sneezes, but Billy Barty puts his tiny little hand over his nose yeah. to keep him from sneezing. A whole bunch of, a bunch of cute little gags yeah. here. Yeah. The thing grabs Blunder and takes him away, screaming, No, no, let me go, let me go, I help. So that all happens, and then they're like, Oh, we gotta help him. Yeah, our brother can take care of himself. So uh, Jack's like, Hey, why don't you have Una fly out of the cage and grab us the key? And Gump's like, Una, she's much too small. And Una's like, fuck our secret. She's never I, good at like she, she got she got no chill. Yeah. And Jack's like, our secret will keep forever in the cell if we die. That I do like that, like that, that that you know, it's a good point. Like what what's the point of keeping secrets? We're all just gonna end up yeah. dead anyway, yeah. And she's like, You promised, and poof, just changes into a normal size. And uh Gump gets all freaked Gump out. Like, like oh, hisses, fuck? he hisses at her and says, You will yeah. for Sprite, how dare you keep such secrets Despite and she's the like, fact... in my secrets to keep. Which that's a good point, motherfucker. It's not like this is ever like you needed to know before now, but yeah. Yeah, she's like, Oh fine, I'll get your keys. Gump is remarkably salty about this too. Yeah. yeah. So I'll get you your keys, but you gotta kiss me and Jack's like, Okay. Gives her a little peck. She's like, You called that a kiss? Am I not sweet? Yep. And he tells her she's sweeter than bee pollen. I thought that On was a summer wind, Aww. sweet as the oh, wind boo, that boo. blows me to you. <laughs> he he's really good at lying to ladies. <laughs> oh, he's Tom Cruise. This is his job. So she changes into Le- Lily. It's fairy magic. And then he's like, "No, no, this isn't real. Humans' hearts don't work like that." And she's like, what can I for human hearts? Soft and spiritless, less porridge. A very's heart beats fierce and free. And she flies away. <laughs> well, then you think they're all fucked because she just throws a fit and runs away. Yeah. And then literally it's 10 seconds. She just comes. Oh, yeah, I got the keys anyway. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you look like mourners at your own fu- funeral. And Gump is like, Una! And points at the dog. He's like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> And then she closes the door on Jack once everybody else goes past him. He's like, you, you mortal, you. I could vex you. Dance your life away. And then she lets him out. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like weird empty threats. And that's pretty much the last real contribution Una has to, like, as a character. No. Like, well, Lady at the very end. But that, like, she kind of ceases to be a character for pretty much the rest yeah, of the movie until one little bit. And they're they're yeah. going through the, the various, like, hellscape dungeon. I really, I, I like this set. This set is really cool. It almost looks like Everything something out of Alien. It. Because it's, it's so, so steamy yeah, and nasty. It's so steamy and nasty and feels It's like the underbelly of the Nostromo or something like that. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's what Ridley Scott really does is de steamy, dark, nasty. This and Blade Runner, a like thousand a, other a things. A lot of like creepy sets don't feel dirty like this feels dirty. Yeah. It feels dirty. Which, it's dirty enough that it makes Brown, ta- Brown Tom go, A terrible sight for the sober man. Oh, and when they also sneak out. Well, I don't know if it's just while they're sneaking out at all. 
you get to see while they're uh, hidden in jail, you get to see like there's another butcher mm-hmm. like down like he he's like butchering a human being or mm-hmm. something like that down there uh-huh. or torturing somebody on, yeah. on like a butcher table. Yeah. And like it's really graphic and you see like there's a th- whole kitchen thing with like silver plates lining the walls and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But so, then they escape. But yeah. That, so they split up. Well, then no, they're like, oh, we got to find Lily and the unicorn and whatnot. And they'll split up and they all want to go with Jack. But they're like, no, Jack's like, no. Gump and me, Brown Town, fuck you, Bill. Brown Town, <laughs> Brown Tom, and Screwball, and then they're like, right, let's synchronize, just like Parker Lewis can't lose. I I did not expect a synchronize our watches gag mm-hmm. in the middle of this film, but yeah, it happens. Yeah. And I do love uh, Gump's got like some kind of weird KY jelly snow globe, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, the the dwarves have like an actual like timepiece with like you know like a face drawn on it, yeah. like like you would kind of expect. But they tell yeah they'll meet back here twice in five hundred beats of a heart a bluebird's heart, which yeah, I just that was kind of lyrical. Well, That's kind of a weird way to put it. A thousand beats of a bluebird's heart. Yeah, yeah. I, it sounds I, neat. But I guess it the seem children practical. of the forest don't don't count up to a thousand. Yeah. So uh, they split up. Uh, Darkness is now talking to his daddy about how he got a hardcore boner for Lily. It's very um, Frollo from uh, uh, Notre Dame, Hunchback. Oh! Singing about I how he wants about to that. fuck the shit out of that girl. I think you're talking about Frodo. And I'm like, I had to think for a second. <laughs> yeah, Frodo. Uh, but yeah, it totally is like. Raging about his boner. Um. Yeah, Darkness really wants to bang Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This is something I meant to mention before, too. Not that she's really in this scene or anything like that. But I always thought... That you've seen Ferris Bueller, right? Yeah. She affects a strange accent in a couple scenes in that film. And that in between this, I thought she was actually English mm. or something. No, she's from Brooklyn! <laughs> uh, Maybe it's her trying to keep her Brooklyn accent at bay. Or something like that. But yeah, he's totally... I mean, Sloan Peterson is hot. But yeah, Prince. Uh, well, his Lord his, of Darkness. He's got a girl total... distracts me. It's been an eternity since I felt such a desire. What am I to do? She fascinates you because her soul is pure. And he's like, I'll take her then. Fool, you must woo her. She remembers the world as it was. So tempt her, woo her, make her one of us. That is a pretty devious plan. Yeah, yeah. And then Lily is now running around in an '80s music video. Slow motion fisheye lens through these giant halls. Oh yeah, that's right. It's even before she sees the her her outfits all torn and tattered now. Yeah, she is all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that like, her hair's not out only of its about an hour. Nice like death. like this movie almost happens in real time. It's only been an hour and a half since she was like frolicking in a forest with the the the, the unicorns, and now she's she looks like she's just walked out of a blighted Mad Max uh, landscape. Because yeah, her dress is. Looks like she's just wearing shit on uh, rags and stuff, yeah. but yeah. So she runs past all these giant round pillars and through a doorway. Oh, this is, it's that scene because, yeah. like, it gets really dark. Even in the Jerry Goldsmith version of this movie, like, there's, like, a bunch of synth music dropped into this, mm-hmm. and it's very eerie and quiet and weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the idea is that she's transitioning from just wandering around the castle to... I guess she was captured and brought to the castle, but she wasn't brought to the Lord of Darkness's... I guess she's, like... She, She's like well, she was standing next to the mirror earlier. Yeah. Oh wait. So did Lord of Darkness already appeared in front of her? No. Oh okay. I'm guessing she's just trying to. But find she's just her way wandering the castle. the castle. She has free reign. She's probably trying to find her way out. I yeah. Imagine. And um, this is the part of the movie where this is something I I mentioned while we were talking about Beauty and the Beast, hmm. Disney's Beauty and the Beast. 
we had talked about the Jean. I forgot the guy's first name, but Cocteau's nineteen forty six black and white uh, French language version mm-hmm. of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, this movie is super inspired by that. Just mm-hmm. kind of the gothic nature of the castle. The Cocteau Beauty and the Beast is famous for having. Uh, candle holders shaped like human arms sticking out of the walls and stuff like that. Yeah. This movie's, the, the, especially this scene, there's something about. I've never seen all of that version of Beauty and the Beast. That is a project I'd like to tackle in Beauty uh, on uh, Tired of the Party someday. But, like, from stills and clips I've seen, this scene more than anything else is really kind of like. Yeah. yeah the kind of. This weird. is another fan fucking tastic set with the it's dark the, and when she goes in the room and there's a fireplace with the dick shaped skeleton sitting in it uh-huh. and the long huge table. fireplace too yeah yeah she sees a lovely jewelry table at the other well, end of the room well this is dark this is lord of darkness's inner sanctum it's a dining yeah. hall yeah she goes over to it a creepy statue looks at her i, I don't know why i've always been fascinated by it's obviously this this, this little person it's like a, a weird monster a, cherub yeah, yeah. and it like turns and looks at her and i i don't know why ever since i first saw that movie i always loved the way that thing looked because it, yeah. it looks like a statue but it well it's before it starts moving then you realize it's like a dwarf and like cherub makeup which is even more like eh. yeah like, like uh, watching with uh, with josh and we were pointing at how again really scott likes to draw just drop in some weird stuff in his movies sometimes mm-hmm. this is not unlike in blade runner where uh, Sebastian, the 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 replicant maker. Yeah. He for some reason he's just got a bunch of weird dwarves living in his house. Oh yeah. yeah. And they welcome like welcome home, JF, and yeah. Or, yeah. And so this is kind of like the same thing where like uh, really Scott likes likes to take dwarves and put them in weird makeup mm. and have them in the background of, of like a character scene. You know. Yeah. So. so she pulls out a big ass fancy sparkly necklace. Yeah, she's freaked out until she and sees the, like, hey, the necklace, yeah, and now she's like, I'm a girl, so I like pretty things. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is her Malibu Stacy with a new hat. Yep. And so, uh, but then um, a cost a black costume starts to dance behind her. Yeah, and I guess depending on which version of the movie you're watching, this goes on for a lot longer than others. But yeah, yeah I do. Uh, I think this is one of the few scenes that I actually do prefer Tangerine Dreams music to. Oh yeah, it's just a preference thing. I grew up with it, but I do like their version of it music is it a like little rap bit music no no yeah it's rap music no it's just a kind of a kaleidoscope waltz almost and i i i think that version is supposed to be way shorter than the director's cut it's not that much shorter oh, okay just a little bit less waltzing because mm-hmm. it does go on for a while uh i think it's also interesting too because if you were to make this scene today you would just cgi out the hands mm. and he- uh the head and hands of the actress who's obviously in the black dress yeah but not only they, they don't even seem to be trying to hide the fact that there's an actress inside the dress because they no. even put like a sequence and sparkles all over her mask, so yeah. you could so like you could even tell that there's like some kind of body within the dress. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so uh, Lily starts dancing with she her. Starts own. waltzing with the costume yeah. and dancing around, and eventually the costume dances into her, and now she's wearing it with yeah. her hair looking all stupid. Looks like black ramen. Yeah, yeah, does. and she's got That's like the like this permanent like mascara like drippy mascara look and everything like yeah, that with they, black they lipstick show a, they show a close-up of her eyes later and they even gave her some like unibrow uh oh yeah lines in between oh i didn't even notice yeah because yeah. evil people got unibrows except for tom cruise he's yeah. good i'm assuming they must have put some extra makeup on her to make her look even more pale and weird looking yeah because she looks really clammy yeah she doesn't look like the same person at all no not at all well the fact that her like titties are hanging out and stuff what titties well, not even like 
But like, somebody on on Twitter was like talking about the neckline of her dress. It's not even it. it it's a neckline that turns into a crotch line practically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. You know, she don't have cleavage. Kudos for them for hiring. Because you'd think they'd get somebody with big old titties to wear something like that. But yeah, but no, yeah. Yeah, it's, she's it's, she's a very slender. It's one of those dresses where like, I always I always think that's an interesting. Uh, design choice when ladies wear the kind of dress where it's like you just see like the just bare ass with like rib cage and everything mm. like that. But yeah, interesting. You mean the best? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the opposite of like just having like tits mashed together. And, oh like, well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely a different take so on she's, showing off. Now, her. now she's wearing the costume, and then she looks at herself in the mirror, and now darkness starts to come through it. It was his hand reaching out, all cool, and Tim Curry, I'm so fucking awesome. I'm not quite sure how they did this special effect because it's obviously a, like a blue screen effect mm-hmm. of his hand coming out of the mirror. But like, you've got I the reflection would, of his hand coming out of the mirror within the mirror itself. I would guess like uh, maybe the, like green or blue colored water and reversing it into the. That's what I was like. But JoJo pointed out that you think there would be more ripples and stuff, and unless they did it really mm-hmm. slowly. But it's a really cool effect, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah him essentially, this is his grand introduction in the film where yeah. he like essentially just walks out of a mirror yeah yeah one one big hoof one big hoof yeah covered in glitter plops down on the ground yeah. and it's it's scurry enough it makes her faint all over the place oh i forgot she just yeah just right there just passes out yeah and then darkness like t- bends down towering over her his capes all wolf billowing fucking tim curry's awesome and she wakes up all of a sudden is like and scoots away very quickly and he's like, Lady, do not be afraid. Quiet, quiet. I like you, my gifts. Does the garret not please you? And she's like, No. She's very distraught. Yeah. Can you speak so of your bridal gown? I found my true mate, and you know it. Never. And he tells her, Hey, since you killed that unicorn, your soul is turning to pitch black, girl. Yeah, he's all like the what, evil beneath the seed. Skin, beneath oh. the skin, we're already one, and all yeah. that stuff. Beneath yeah, the evil seed of what you've done germinates within you. She's... And again, when he's saying this, his lips are just doing yeah. the most. Just like <laughs> it's hypnotic mm-hmm. what his lips are doing. Yeah, tell you, you lie, you disgust me. You're nothing but an animal. We are all animals, my lady. Most are too afraid to see it. And he laughs. This may be my favorite Tim Curry laugh movie. Because he laughs in all his movies. Well, he, like, but really throws one, his yeah. head back and is all just like... <laughs> he happy. Yeah, he's very happy. Oh, my God. His laugh never not bring me joy. He's he's glad he paid attention to his daddy chair. Tim Curry was awesome. Stop it. Stop being so awesome, Tim Curry. I do remember as a kid thinking that his horns wobbled way more than they do in this movie. Yeah, you don't I really... I do give him pretty credit. Just, it looks yeah. pretty good. I remember, like, as a kid thinking, like... The makeup didn't hold up that well, but like, no, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. And again, he's I think in one or two shots, like his contact lenses are a little skewed off from each other. But aside mm. from that, like, it's it's good fucking times, and she is right to be scared shitless. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack and Gump and Una see her through the doorway, and they're like, Oh, that's right. They ha- happen you, to no, sneak up. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can do for her now. Be thankful she still lives. Got to get that unicorn, and darkness is like the last unicorn dies tonight as her blood ebbs the sun sets for ebel for ebel and ebel there never gonna be another dawn and she said no 
and he said once again that it required the solace of the shadows and the dark of the night. Sunlight is my destroyer! Damn you! Jack makes a note of that on the back of his hand with a pencil. <laughs> yeah. We are all damned, my queen. So they figure out so long as the sun still shines, they can destroy him. And Jack has a flashback to Lily dangling her jewelry in front of his face and like reflect, reflecting off of it and hitting him in the eyeballs. And he's like, Lily, fuck! Jeez, ow! What are you doing to me? <laughs> God, don't fuck with the eyes, man. And he's like, I think I know a way. So then we see Brown Tom and Screwball walking around being scurred. Uh, at some point, they spotted the unicorn. And oh, that's that, that's the only thing they've been up to yeah. since they've all split up, essentially, yeah. <laughs> I like the, the other one of the scenes that I like the theatrical cut of it better, because in this one, they're like, oh, do you hear that? What was that? I, it's a horse, you fool. But in the, the theatrical version, they're all, did you hear that? That's the unicorn, you idiot. I like the way that it worked out in the <laughs> well, theatrical version better. Yeah. yeah. So they go, uh, they're sneaking, and they're like, let's run like hell. But then, screwball, and screwball, Billy Barty bites the fuck out of Jack, Jack's leg. Oh, because Jack just, like, sneaks up from behind, and he's, so they think, like, he's, they're about to get captured. So his way of attacking <laughs> their would-be a captor would just be bite, bite him on the knee. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, like, they happen to have forgot that they had synchronized their watches to meet back yeah. here. In, in Where a thousand were you? Beats. In another three flicks of Badger's tail, we would have gone. While you're having fun, time goes by fast. So, they found the mayor. It's alive and in the dungeon. Excellent, excellent, you two. I like Brown Tom's reading of. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, they gotta gather every shiny object they can find. They're going to bring light to darkness. Boom, boom, boom. They fi also find this little, while they're going to put the plates, the dungeon keepers are sleeping. Yeah. And they f they hear Blunder and a giant Which... pie. Huh? Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, the, like the pie, I guess they thought they would, like, rather than sleeping while the pie is baking, I guess maybe they didn't want to cause a fire if maybe they happen to sleep too he's long. He's marinating. So he's just marinating in his own pie juices with, mm -hmm. like, a bunch of birds and stuff, too. Live birds. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of goes back to the whole, like, uh, you know, bake me a pie with 12, what was it, the king, he wants a bunch of, like, magpies in his pie and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. for blackbirds baked in or, a pie. Exactly. There we go, yeah. Uh, so they get a blunder out, they cut him out of the pie, and I'm not sure why Jack does doesn't take that blade that he opened the pie with and stab the guard to death with. Because even right there, he's tempted to do it. They show it. <laughs> but no, he decides it's better that they try to sneak around, stealing all this equipment while these guys are asleep. But yeah. Yeah. Jack, this is the one thing where I'm like, you're just doing this just to build tension, and you're going to have to fight these guys anyway. But yeah. So any more noise in your shish kebab, they tell Blunder. Do what we say, understand, swear it. And he swears on the festering forelock of Nicodemus. What the hell's he even... So back back to Tim Curry being fucking awesome. Judge me not so harshly, mistress. I invite you to share with me the supper. Look how sweet it is. Uh, and that's it. I need more. I need more of this fucking Tim Curry being awesome scene. I do love the banquet yeah we'll get there oh we haven't gotten to the no. actual food there no. like yeah or, okay. or it might have been a shot of the food well the, the camera pans at least in the director's cut it pans over like there's multiple like horns of plenty yeah of like apples and fruit stuff that's all been spray painted black mm -hmm. and gr glitter thrown on top yeah. 
Uh, Ridley Scott in the commentary talks about how originally it was all just like normal food, mm-hmm. and he th- just thought it looked a little bit too just too normal. So he's like, well, what if we just essentially just spray paint and throw glitter on top? And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, now that looks badass. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Oh man! Back in the dinner dungeon area, they're tossing each other giant shiny plates to reflect the sunlight. Yeah. Uh, but Brown Tom throws one too hard, knocks Screwball over, and makes a bunch of noise. Yeah, knocks wakes over up the all guards. the guards that they have collected. A yeah. less than epic fight happens. Just like a bunch of like it's 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 like when they're fighting the cave troll in the Mines of Moria in Fellowship of the Ring, but way slower and with less stakes and just yeah, yeah not quite as. Jack eventually yeah. spills some soup, and so, this kills the guards. Both of they them. They hate they they love their soup so much. Seen it get spilled is just. I can't remember if the one guy gets the soup spilled on him directly. No, he does not. But the second guy, for some reason, the steam kills the bad guys. Yeah. But without touching the bad. Well, Jack kind of runs away from the steam, I guess. But they, but but they both end up dead though. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of the things in the movie. I was like, you know, I understand this is a fairy tale, but like even on a fairy tale, this is what ha- what just happened. Yeah, make if any this sense. is how the action scene go. Maybe it's good, really, Scott. To exactly. Not shoot yeah. More well, I, I do like the cleverness though, because Jack emptied out the soup pot mm-hmm. uh, that has put out the fire in the fireplace, mm-hmm. which is a huge mm-hmm. fireplace, and that yeah. now has given them direct access to sunlight. Yeah. Which I thought that was actually kind of clever. Mm-hmm. I never, I've never picked that up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. They go, they go into that's the fireplace. They go mm, into and okay. they say, "Oh, sunlight." Even though the sun is setting, there's the sunlight wouldn't be coming straight down. It's well, whatever. It's a fairy tale. It's not supposed to make sense, but yeah, yeah. So uh, now what? They gotta find a way out. Light, not much to hold on to. Take a pig-sized piece pod pixie to make that. This climb. is yeah, something something yeah. And screwballs like I'll do it. I do like it. What's the matter? Yeah. Ain't I smart enough for the job? Yeah. Why the others don't have Una do it? Because Una's still there, right? Well, you see that she's not strong enough to pick up the plate later. Mm. She's trying to lift it, and she can't. Oh, okay, so yeah, so yeah, she couldn't, even in her fairy, even her human fairy form? Yeah, she's not she strong couldn't, enough. She couldn't, oh, okay. She could barely lift keys. Yeah, so, they sent him up. Up he goes! And, uh, back to the cool part of the movie. Eat. I'm not hungry. You lie. <laughs> he tells her, "Fuck you! You are too hungry." Oh. Uh, he says, "Just to please me, eat." And she's like, "I knew nothing for you, oh, for your pleasure." The, this may be the coolest scene in the whole movie, yeah. actually. Yeah. All I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. Sit here, and she makes a great subtle like, "Are you fucking joking?" Yeah, like face? what? And well, the, the chair. seats, the seats also here. like rising up to meet her ass too. Yeah. It's like bubbling up or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Yes, please. I prefer to stand. Shit! Or stand, as you wish. <laughs> it is enough. We are alone together, just the two of us. Some simple conversation. And she's like, I got nothing to talk to you about. You stole my dreams away. All things change, lady. The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Dreams are my speciality. I love fucking love diggity doggity doogity the way he fucking says speciality. speciality. You put so many extra, extra fucking consonants in that thing, yeah. 
Fuck yeah. Uh, it makes oh. a meal out of that one fucking word. Oh, it's so good. Special. This is the best meal. Oh my god, yeah. He says through his dreams, he influences mankind. His dream is an eternity with you. I offer you this, my rose, princess, my heart, my soul, my love. And she's like, love. It's a quick scene. A screwball climbing. He can overhear them talking. This is not in the theatrical. I was about to say, I don't even remember seeing that, yeah. So, uh, uh, him and Darkness and Lily keep having their conversation. It's fucking cool. So, uh, they're still setting up the plates outside. Left, right, good. Oh, mm. So, uh, it grows late. Shit. I value your thoughts. Share them with me. She takes a good hard look at the chair. It's all gross and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a massage chair. Like pulsating or yep. some shit, yeah. Pulsating. It's like fucking evil. Sit. Yes. And nothing more than that. And talk with me. She starts to sit in it. It bubbles up. The hands that make up the uh, armrest grip a little tighter on itself. Oh, I didn't notice itself. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And she gets too grossed out. And she's like, uh, I think I'd rather say it. And he started freaking the fuck he out. Knocks. He knocks shit off the table. It was like, Roar, damn you. Well, presumably, Roar. I don't know if this is his chair or like maybe he's cooked up a like queen throne for her. Yeah, and like know. maybe like her sitting down in the chair would be her finally like succumbing. Like, yeah, like she, well, she would have place. to obey him. Exactly. Do, yeah, so, yeah. 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 And she's like, never, never. And he approaches her. Yeah. And she starts to laugh. <laughs> they hear the unicorn neigh in the background. And she's like, I hear a throat begging to be cut. And he's like, are you so anxious to see blood flow? <laughs> and as you want to drink it, she's like, hey, I want this one. Grant your bride one wish for a wedding night. You have but to ask. I will stay here with you as you wish. But on one condition. Anything. I want to kill the unicorn. And he thinks that's the funniest damn thing he ever heard. Also, he comes. Yeah. All over the place. <laughs> well, this is another big laughing scene. <laughs> oh, that's right, because it is the whole, like... Which, in this film, I, I'm sure that was actually probably intentional a little bit. Because that's, like, him literally getting off on the fact that, like, <laughs> yeah. she seems to have finally succumbed to being evil. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking the bigger Tim Curry laughs, the better it, it is. Because he does that whole <laughs> breathing the before he gets thing, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good. Oh. Uh, and as dude earned his paycheck on mm-hmm. this film. As darkness talks, they creep up to the, the double doors that are behind, and Screwball reaches the top of the tower, but he's sleepy, so he passes out. And uh, so Una, fly like the wind. Like, it's time. S- Screwball's a fucking idiot. Of all the times, decided to like suddenly. T- I can see if they had already established that he likes to take naps. Well, or he something. climbed for like fifteen minutes. It's yeah, hard. but still, man, it's a lot of work for somebody as old as him. It's, it wasn't actually in the script. It was just Billy Barty. Yeah, he's just yeah, tuckered out. Just gonna take a little nap here. <laughs> so they send Una out. She bounces back and forth off the things to make sure everything's lined up. Jack sees Lily hanging next to Darkness and when they're getting ready to slaughter the, the mare. And uh, Gump says, Judge her with your heart, not your eyes. Remember that line. <laughs> so Why, is that a thing? I just remember it. Okay. So uh, Darkness is... I thought I thought that was Jack... I thought that was uh, Gump saying, Don't believe... Essentially the opposite. I thought it was Gump saying... 
uh, don't believe that she's actually fallen evil. Yeah, he tells her that. He t- says, judge her with not with your eyes, with your, with your heart. But then literally 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah that's what I say. Hold okay, on. okay, 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 okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. hear me, powers of the night, we offer the sacrifice in order to you, sanctified with blood and fire. And you come straight freaking out. Jawas are trying to hold it in place. Uh, Jack and Gump get ready with their bows and arrows. And uh, Darkness says some more cool-ass shit. And Lily's like, like my offering be made of flesh and blood. And then Gump's like, she needs to do it, Jack. She's one of them. Kill her. Forget her. And what happened to judge her with your heart? Yeah. Come on, See, Gump. That's a retroactively. <laughs> I guess he's saying. I always had an issue with that. Like, and he's like, kill her, kill her, screaming at Jack. Yeah, I thought he had some kind of elven insight like, into I'll the situation, but like, no, no, I do it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Gump, I, I don't, Gump, know don't be a dick. I don't know if there's a deleted scene there or something no. like that going on, but like, yeah. I think it was just two different scenes that they put in the movie together. Almost so, like this movie wasn't exactly cra- like the especially crafted well when it comes to the the, the script. But, yeah. You know. So uh, Jack's like, yeah, I trust you, lady. I always trust you. And you have a poo. She doesn't kill the unicorn. She cuts its chain. She's very strong. Super strong, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, run, run. And darkness just backhands the fuck out of her. Just pa-pow. Oh, yeah. Slams her down. And this makes Jack very mad. He's like, come there. And him and uh, uh, Gump shoot their arrows into his neck. And Jawas freak out I didn't out realize both everywhere. of them actually put an arrow through his neck. Yeah. Like, I saw an arrow, an arrow shows up in his neck later. I didn't realize that's actually where they managed to hit him at. Yeah. So, uh, Darkness gets arrows in his neck. Jack swings down, and Darkness just kind of shrugs him off. Yeah. He gets knocked away. Uh, Darkness charges at Jack, who's backing up against the wall, and slams his horns onto either side here. That is and a it's cool another, moment. Yeah, it's another fucking fantastic Tim Curry line. What have we here? A little boy? Again, the I extra need syllables somebody he puts into boy. Tim Curry to teach me how to add syllables and letters that aren't in words and make it sound so cool. Boy. Boy. Oh my god. Fucking Tim Curry is so awesome. Although he could have, you know, he could have just killed Jack right there by just by like ramming you, his horns through him. But Have you seen Oscar? No. The Sylvester Stallone yeah. film? No, why? It's one of the few roles that Tim Curry is good in. Not good, but he plays like a good guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Depending on which ending you think of Clue is the correct ending. <laughs> oh, that's he good can point. also be a good guy Depending in that. Depending on if but... Wordsworth was the villain or not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Oscar. A lot of people think it's shitty, but I like it. It's a comedy of errors. I just, I remember, how did you see Oscar? My dad liked it. Okay, because I just saw the ads for it or anything like that. It's a ne- very old, tiny comedy of errors. I've never seen Oscar, like, on store shelves or, like, even on iTunes for rent or anything like that. It's, like, one of those movies that's, it's one of those, it's, it seems like it seems to exist. It's one of exist. those cute, very slight comedies. Oh, okay. It's just, and it's, you don't expect Sylvester Stallone to be funny. Yeah, which, that's why he's funny to go see it or anything like Mar- that. Marissa Tomei is amusing it enough if you in want. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jack punches Darkness right in the fucking throat <laughs> and gets away. Yeah. But Darkness picks up a big fucking broadsword and makes, yeah. makes fire just pop up around him. He essentially, he turns into a video game boss right here. Yeah. yeah. Una reaches the top. She can't wake Screwball up and, and she can't pick up the, she's too small to lift the plate by herself. And Darkness and Jack are still fighting. And he says, it's always a pleasure to take a brave man's life. 
and uh, there's a couple more things happen off on the side, and Darkness picks Jack up by his face. Which, yeah! And says, don't you know me, boy? And just fucking throws him across the room with one hand. It's fucking awesome. Jack sees the unicorn horn sliding into the pool of what looks like lava, but I guess it's I just guess it's not water. because that's what it's I thought it was water. too. Because it's like kind of gelatinous looking water, yeah. translucent looking water. It's orange glowing water. Yeah, with yeah, fire around. With fire it. on top, but no. Uh, darkness makes some fire pop up, so Jack can't reach it. Uh, Screwball finally wakes up, starts to lift up the plate. I'm, 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 my heart is palpitating. It's so so intense. Did darkness have the unicorn? horn at any point up until now he must have because we you know he, he he like got it from the goblins earlier in the there's film there's probably a scene that they showed him but dropping we don't it, but, like yeah. we don't see it between like as least as far as i recall we never see it from when he grabs it from the goblins to now yeah, to now no. it's just like he's i it's he's been keeping it in like a little pit of like like yeah gelatin water stuff yeah. i guess yeah and, and it's all happening fast enough you don't really question it. Well, exactly it's yeah. fine yeah. but um Light starts bouncing down towards Darkness's lair. And Tim Curry's got another fucking bitch in line. Every wolf suffers fleas. Tis easy enough to scratch. And he swings his sword, but he misses. Uh, and Jack does a somersault over to the horn, grabs it, and Darkness is like, Give it to me, boy. So Jack gives it to him. <laughs> Throws it, and kapunk, right in Darkness's gut, and he's like, Oh! It's right. a little bit of a cheesy effect. Yeah, but what you yeah, do? Yeah, but you can totally tell, like, they just, like, shot the horn into, like, a wax chest or something like yeah, that. But, but, yeah, yeah. Right as that happens. I, I wonder if they had originally had him actually stabbing him directly, but, like, they couldn't get the PG rating. Mm. And so maybe they shot it both ways and, like, this, like, just kind of throwing it like a dart is what, like, you know, they could, yeah. It's le- less, less of a direct kill. Yeah, and right as that happens, the sunlight comes down and blows the doors off the fucking place and hits... Uh, darkness. Yeah, watching it with people who hadn't seen it before is funny because they're like, "How the hell are they gonna open the doors?" And like, "Oh no, I guess sunlight's gonna be powerful enough just to blow it's, open the." It's his house. Yeah. sunlight's gonna fuck it up. Yeah. So uh, he flies backwards into or towards a giant void of stars. Yeah, which we've been seeing throughout the whole film, like this mushroom-shaped, essentially view screen that darkness has that looks out onto this void. Yeah. It's not necessarily the night sky, but like outer space. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he's, but there's two small walls just close enough together on either side that he's able to use the claw on the unicorn to slow himself down. Father, protect me! And then Jack's walking up with a sword, and he's like, You think you are one? What's light without dark? What are you without me? (laughs) I am part of you all. You can never defeat me. We're brothers. Eternal. And then Gump's like, Do it, Jack! Kill him! Kill him! And the lady who did that voice must have just had the worst sore throat after recording all our lines. Yeah, especially because she had to do such a similar voice for Blix, too. So it's a couple months of just like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. So Jack cuts off Darkness's hand and... You barely see it. I had to watch it a second time to understand, like, rewinding, like, what it's, exactly it's, does he do? It's, but like, It's a little clearer on the theatrical version, okay. I think. But uh, he flies off into space, somersaulting, and then explodes into star stuff. And do yourself a favor and make a little fart sound when the three little pop, 
stars fly I off. I do love those little stars splitting <laughs> it, off. It really it looks, adds drama to this. It is really scene. cool looking though. I yeah. just, something about like those five stars that he splits into. It just I thought just really I don't know. I thought it was just kind of weirdly evocative. And also shows that like he's not maybe not permanently dead, but if those five stars can reform someday, like he can come back. Yeah. Um it is interesting that like he keeps on evoking his father, which maybe like I, I always took the his father to be the devil. Yeah, if, if, yeah, or at least... The devil. Maybe darkness is the devil of this world, but, like, his father is the actual, just more abstract mm. force of, like, not even darkness, but just entropy yeah. in, in the universe, and, like, uh, the, the Lord of Darkness is the closest thing to, a, like, personification of that, and is, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's... I like how they never really, really got over the way to explain exactly what's going on there, but it is still kind of creepy, but, I don't know, kind of cool, yeah. but, yeah. So, uh, Lily's under a spell. A very powerful spell. She can't wake up. Well, she did just get punched in the face by the devil. <laughs> That's true. I mean, A very on. powerful spell. Tim Curry's fist. Quote-unquote spell, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gump's like, only you can answer this riddle. So he has a flashback to her throwing her ring in the pond. And, uh, he's like, mmm, I, I, okay, I got, I figured this out. And uh, Gump's like, we got to promise to keep two. You know, he's speaking about the unicorns. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, I'll miss you. We'll never forget you. Don't forget us. Never, ever. <laughs> so Jack finds the ring, bursts out of the lake. Burr! It's very dramatic. He puts the ring on her. She wakes up, gives her a kiss, tells her he loves her. Asks her, come back to me. And then she wakes up. Because that's the way fairy tales work. I guess so, yeah. Also, I kind of like the theatrical version of this whole scene a little bit better because they show Gump putting the horn back on the unicorn. Yeah, because in the, the director's cut, you never get to see any of that. Yeah. It's this, despite the fact that literally in the film, there is kind of a suggestion that, like, maybe the unicorn can be restored, but, yeah. like, it, they I never I mean, they showed both unicorns at the end of this, the, the Yeah, so you cut. just assume that, like... But I, well, that really makes it sound like they just rewound time mm. more than anything else. Whereas if you see Gump actually putting the horn back on, it suggests that, like, They've essentially rewound time for Lily. Yeah. But it does suggest that everything else did happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I prefer that a little bit, but what you gonna yeah. do? Uh so they're like, Oh, I love you, I love you too. Ah, bad nightmare. Did you? It's over. Oh, was it a dream? No, I don't fucking know. So uh he get he's like, Hey, fuck, I found your ring. Let's get married now. And she's like, Nah <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I do like this movie does not end with, like, a giant marriage scene or something like that, but it is kind of funny. She's like, ah! Well, they smooch. She yeah. takes the ring off and puts it and puts it on him, and she's like, keep that. It's your tre- treasure. It's part of me. Uh, and she's kind of talking to him like he's a special kid. Like, Yo, you know my brave little boy. I know, yeah. She's like, can I come tomorrow? Oh. And he's like, of course. I'll be here. I'm always You'll here come tomorrow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Will you sing for me? And so she sings one of her songs. Even and... in the... Is this the only song that shows up in the other cuts? No. Or does she, she no. didn't even sing it? Okay, they do, she is... doesn't leave in the other cuts. They run off into the sunrise together. Okay, Instead yeah. of him running off by himself. Um, she runs off. He watches her go, standing there without his pants on. The bird lands on his shoulder. He done risked her life for her, for her and he doesn't even get a handy. Jeez. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gump blows a trumpet. Both unicorns are back now. Everybody waves to Jack. He waves and runs into the sunrise. Pixies keep waving. It fades to black. Duh, end.
That's the legend. Legend. A legend. Does it even say the end or anything like that? Or I don't think does it so. just it like just roll the credits? The black, yeah. yeah, credits start rolling up. Um, yeah, I like this movie still. It's a pretty cool movie. You like this movie? Still? I like this movie. Do you like this movie? I like this movie. It is more of a very pretty screensaver than it is a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, yeah, no, it's 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 it was something especially really good just to keep on in the background while you're doing something else. Yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it to somebody as like. This is a great story you have to see, but like the te- yeah. technical perspective, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. And it's also just, like I said, it's more of a tone poem than it is a, like an actual film. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, I would say tell people to check it out. But just with you, just just know you're you're going in with a really slight story. Yeah. Don't expect too much. Um, but really pretty costumey, mm-hmm. super awesome sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Curry just being Tim, uh, one of the most Tim Curry roles mm-hmm. in history. Um, yeah. So, was so does had it been a while since you'd watched it? Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't remember the last time I watched it. But yeah, does it live live up to your memories of it? Yeah, it's still good. Because I, I can't like imagine it. you watch Legend all the goddamn time, but <laughs> every weekend. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's still good. I still um, like it. Did you watch it with Kelsey at all or anything no. like that? Mega Michael I don't know Bones if you know anyone cool. else in your life who you could like sit down and just kind of like. Oh, have it nerd out it. about uh, legend. No, not really. Um. So, but yeah, no, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. One of Ridley Scott's. I don't know if you would say one of his better films, but at least one of his more interesting, mm-hmm. in the very least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, this is one of the Ridley Scott movies that was cooked up by Scott from the start. Uh, the story is a pretty obvious homage to the Brothers Grimm and grimy uh, European folk tales in general. Uh, that's. You know, they're always about the cosmic balance of light and dark. And uh, Ridley Scott cooked up the story with William Hortzberg, who also wrote the book that the grimy detective flick Angel Heart was based off of. Have you ever, ever seen or heard of Angel Heart? Never heard of it. It's this uh, Robert De Niro movie. I've seen that. It's uh, from a couple years after this. That It's about this detective in like New Orleans who gets mixed up with all kind of voodoo cults and stuff like that. And it's also kind of fantastical, but mm. uh, from but from a grimy, like, urban detective noir kind of way. But, mm. um, yeah, um, I mentioned before, funny how this labyrinth, the Black Cauldron, the Dark Crystal, Lady Hawk, Willow, all kind of form a failed, creepy, mid-80s fantasy flicks genre yeah. under themselves, which is kind of cool. I'm glad that they're all out there. In fact, you could, you could like, over the course of a weekend, like, watch like a cool little failed 80s fantasy film film festival for yourself yeah none of the films are inherently really great but just they all kind of blend into each other with they're no beast master i've never seen i always heard good things <laughs> no yeah the only good part is is when he wipes his mouth with a weasel <laughs> he finishes eating and just wipes <laughs> it it's not a very good movie uh, da, 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 da. the stunt coordinator for this film was Vic Armstrong, which caught my eye because he was the stunt double for Harrison Ford in the Indiana Jones movies. And brother of Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. His brother had a terrible accident. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, Ridley Scott accidentally burned down the world's biggest soundstage, the James Bond stage at Pinewood towards the end of filming, uh, which forced them to film Mia Sarah Fee, uh, Fee, uh, meeting the unicorns in a real forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a couple of shots there that are actually they went out in the... I think maybe also the last shot where you see the crew, yeah, like probably waving, where they're like on a cliff top. That might yeah. be a real forest, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, the makeup was by Rob Button. Tim Curry had to spend five hours a day being put into the darkness getup, which was especially claustrophobic and painful since he had a huge harness hanging off the back of his head to counterbalance his horns. 
And then uh, I mentioned the thing about the half glass sphere of contacts yeah. you have to wear. That sounds that sounds worse than anything else. Mm-hmm. And according to IMDb, uh, one day after filming, he got so fucking claustrophobic in the in in the makeup that he couldn't wait for them to actually just like use the the whatever solutions he used to like melt the the, the makeup off. So he mm-hmm. just ripped the makeup up. But it was so well glued to his skin, he ripped off bits of skin. Yeah. So they gave him a week off to heal before yeah. they put him back in the makeup again. But yeah, that sounds terrible. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, despite all this, and just like Blade Runner, the studio forced Ridley Scott to cut down the film into several different uh, versions after failed preview screenings, re- resulting in various different cuts of the film that exist now, uh, with the director's cut being the closest version of the film that ever really existed before the studio took their scissors to it. Yeah, so I guess even before um, they showed the movie to preview audiences, Ridley Scott cut the movie down from like two hours to like 113 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what the director's cut is. Yeah. But then after that, they were like, well, we want to cut it, cut it this way for the European market. We wanted to cut it this way for the American market. Then I guess some maniac just did their own version for TV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Legend! It's really beautiful. Yeah. Even the opening titles. And I like the first thing you see in the, at least in the version I saw, you see a bear. Yeah. For a moment, I was like, it's Legend of Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. They got real animals. They did. But they got, now, the, technically, the all, all animals. Are you, well, all animals. Are you sad Lily didn't turn into a kitty cat yet? Oh, that's, I told you the <laughs> So... This is one of the most fucking... Wow, this, see, this is what would have made this movie live on in the furry fandom, mm. was uh, Ridley Scott's original plan was... Uh, it was supposed to be a reverse Beauty and the Beast kind of situation where... Uh, yeah, Lily was supposed to... As soon as she gets captured by the darkness, she was supposed to start turning into a cat mm-hmm. as like an external uh, showing of her being corrupted by the influence of the darkness. Yeah. To the point that she was supposed to spend the whole last of the movie, like, in, in like, cat lady makeup. <laughs> and she would have stayed that way until she gets kissed mm. by Tom Cruise at the very end. But it's one of those things they just ran out of time and money and, Probably like... for the best. Tom, well, Willie Scott makes it sound like they, they, they did film some parts of that. Hmm. But they just, at a certain point, they were like, this is just, we just can't just keep on... Because that... Uh, fucking Mia Sarah would just been like that for l- literally more than half the time she was on the whole movie. So they 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 next that, but that would have been interesting because they said this specifically the dress. She, like so the whole point she was supposed to be in the black dress mm-hmm. with the cat makeup, maybe with six tits hanging out of the dress. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it's supposed to be like Black Panther makeup. Uh, that's what Ridley Scott specifically said. That would have been like I said. That would have probably given this movie a second and like a sec- extra second life. Yeah, among the internet fandom, but but no, it's interesting. Uh, I, well, that's one of the other things too, I guess. Depending on which cut of the film you see, mm-hmm. uh, right before it fades out to the heroes or the hero, depending on which version you're seeing, walking off into the sunset. Yeah, uh, there is uh, uh, Tim Curry fades back in. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah the, oh, the oh, showing that he wow. might come back. <laughs> laughing, yeah. which. Just like uh, Skeletor at the end of the Masters of the Universe movie. I'll be back! Yeah. But, yeah, no, Legend. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that... I don't know too many people really grew up with... I've known a couple girls who grew up loving this movie, but you pretty much the first guy I've ever met who, like, had such an affinity for this I have four sisters. Oh, that's that would help, (laughs) yeah. So this is your And Tim Curry's fucking awesome. I probably like this more than you like Little Women. Yeah, probably. But that's because it also had Ferris Bueller's girlfriend in it with her titties hanging out. That that hook that goes a long way. Hanging out, that's yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> her ribcage <laughs> hanging out. Exposed, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, well, again, anything with Tim Curry being evil, come mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah, I would assume this Pennywise and Frankenfurter must be his there's, three big roles. There's some awesome, like full size darkness busts out there. Oh, I didn't but think about so that. Expensive. Jesus Christ, yeah. How do you keep them from falling over? I, don't I would know. assume the horns, even if it's a stone sculpture, the horns must be like empty plastic. Yeah, Otherwise, how would like yeah, know. magic. Oh my god, picture magic. Yeah. It's legend. It's fucking awesome. I'm glad it exists. Yeah. And that, like, this is definitely one of... I, you know what? It's actually... If I was going to sit down and watch a really Scott movie, I might actually rather sit down and watch this over Blade Runner. Yeah. Because this may be more the, the more of an interesting story. Well, then... Or at least the, it's more unique in what it was trying to do than Blade Runner. Yeah. Whereas Blade Runner was like, hey, it's just nasty future. Whereas this is like really trying to get into like... And there's always something to look at in this. Yeah, it's trying to be like a living Arthur Rackham painting or something. And yeah. it's just... Yeah, or like, like kind of like the last unicorn, but like flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. You should have a unicorn party where you watch Legend and the Last Unicorn. They're very similar, and it's all those people like getting really upset at unicorns for not being around and stuff like that too. Yeah. I didn't realize back in the day, like people had such high expectations on unicorns. Mm-hmm. Well, or you can go to the, the to the museum and see the unicorn bones mm-hmm. that they have right next to the dinosaur bones. Yeah, it's fucking true. who gives a shit about unicorns? I don't know. I'm glad the unicorns don't talk. It could have been weirder. Except they're woo woo. Yeah, the whale calls. Um, but yeah, so what are we doing next? Yeah, it's, we're gonna, it's your choice. We're going to do another movie all about unicorns. Okay. <laughs> that's the music for oh, our next film. You can tell I'm feeling better. I barfed and sh- pooped out my <laughs> my hot dog, so now I'm getting more animated. I know, he did it right in front of me. It was, it was just a horror I've been quietly doing it during the podcast. Yeah. I'm actually sitting on a toilet. Mm-hmm. We're recording this in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of bathrooms, next time we're going to talk about the 1979 ver- movie, The Warriors. The Warriors. The Warriors. Come out to play. Come out to play. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to make a joke about that in the oh, next episode. Who's to say? Yeah, the Warriors. Who's to say? Well, they're both, this and the Legend are kind of like in the same vibe. Kind of about a similar thing. I like both of these movies a lot for very different reasons. Mm. But yeah, Le- Legend, very pretty, very slight on story, but I appreciate what Leo Scott was going for. Yeah. It's few people have, will sit down and say, hey, let's do the most old timeiest Fuck it. Man, if he had really Scott, if he had done, like, a film version of, like, Into the Woods, mm. like, when the End of the Woods was coming out, like, right around the yeah. same time, oh, that's the thing. If it's... anyone ever does a proper film version of Into the Woods, not the Where... shitty version that did come out, but that's, I would want it to look like this. Where are all the filmmakers that are inspired by this? Why are there tons of people that are inspired by Steven Spielberg or George Lucas? Where's the person that was inspired well, by Legend? Lord of the Rings was probably the first major fantasy production that did well. But that was like 15 years after this stuff came out. Yeah. So now if anyone's ever going to make another fantasy film again, it's it's going to be Lord of the Rings that they're playing against rather than, than, than Legend. But Yeah, but where's all the glitter-covered, dark, I know, you're not going to see. It's not going to be the evil shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to have a lady in a giant, ridiculous-looking black... <laughs> you're not going to have black apples. Yeah. Black apples are very important to mm-hmm. a growing boy and his... Boy... And his fantasy diet. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll never probably ever see a film like this again in our lifetimes, which is kind of a shame. Just like I said, even from a visual perspective, and Mm -hmm. that's a damn shame. Yeah. There's no... You don't see too many movies where they just take a fucking dwarf and put him in monster makeup. Yeah. And have him get shot. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, even that fucking Snow White and the Seven Doors movie that, uh... um, 
Uh, like Maleficent Anthony stuff? Hopkins was in. What? Not Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, I got it confused what? with the other guy. The guy from Roger Rabbit. Uh, Snow White and the Sword. Uh, 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 Mario? Snow White and the Huntsman? Was that it? Yeah, Mario. Uh, his name fell out of my head. He played one of the dwarves. They used regular-sized people and shrunk them down to... It was not that recent. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, on. yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I'll okay, look it up. Uh, who's the fat guy from? Who played Mario? <laughs> yeah, his name Super fell out Mario of my movie. head. Um, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Uh, uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Wait, he was not in the Snow White and the Huntsman movie. Because that's... Uh... There were two Snow White movies at the same time. Well, there was out. also Malef- Oh, you know what? You're right. There was also one. Was that Bob Hoskins? I think because that was, was like Julia it. Roberts, right? Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, he was in it. He played Muir. Oh, was he like a dwarf? Yeah, they just had regular sized people shrunk down to that. So, I did see an IMDb. Ridley Scott was talking about he would film everyone in two separate, like not just blue screen, mm-hmm. but the idea that like you would take people. Like filming in two different like bits of film, and then like somehow make one smaller than the other, mm. so you didn't have to worry about dwarfs. And like they were like, "There's no way you could just get higher fucking dwarf. <laughs> just do it old school." And that's what he did. I'm glad to see he didn't try to. Which that's essentially what like and you know what another... that's what Peter Jackson is kind of did with the Hobbits yeah. in, in in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But you know what another oh another God. thing another way to say how awesome Tim Curry is in this movie. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Uh, really talk that much about how awesome Billy Barty is. Billy Barty, yeah. We love Billy Barty, and Tim Curry like Curry so overshadows, overshadows Billy Barty. Tim Curry makes up for the fact that Tom Cruise is the hero in this movie. It's true. Not that I hate Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise, especially in this movie, he's such kind of like a, eh. This is probably the best Tom Cruise movie that I've seen, just because he's always Tom Cruise otherwise. He's not really Tom That's Cruise what I'm in saying. this. Well, he was young enough. He was. He didn't have his persona yet, so he wasn't yeah. just like, hey, I'm Tom Cruise. Yeah. This one, he's trying to play a role even though he does it badly because, like I said, he's got, like, he's always talking in a breathy upper register, like, we need unicorns. Yeah. He's not like, we need unicorns, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah. But that's... I saw the first Hobbit movie, not the Lord of the Rings, but the first, you know, the Hobbit mm-hmm. prequel movie in the movie theater, and was bored off my ass that movie costs literally like 20 times as much as this movie yeah this movie blows that fucking shitty ass cgi fucking laden hobbit well, movie out of the dust up because they wanted it to be three movies and it would have worked wonderfully as one <sighs> maybe although like it seems like peter jackson was rushed because guillermo del toro pulled out at the last second yeah. and all kinds of stuff like that it sounds like he could even if they well, although if they had kept their ambition small and just made one film, they would have been less less spread out. Yeah, because you so. didn't need the white orc and all that shit. Yeah, and that's yeah for all it's didn't was, need the love triangle. I would rather watch that. I really. We're gonna have to look online and see if somebody's done like the the book cut of that that some people did with you know the good oh, there quote, has unquote, to be, version yeah. of the prequels where somebody I did find one in an internet dumpster before the last movie came out on on Blu-ray so. Mm-hmm. It's more more or less a uh, uh, a book cut, but like everything involved in the last film was kind of like 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 not very good quality. Yeah. I'll have to look that up again because yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Even this movie with like its limited scope and its relatively limited budget to movies these days, and despite even even its objective faults that existed at the time, I watched the Roger and Ebert review of this movie, and they fucking pilloried this movie. They fucking hated this thing, mm. and I can understand why, but. In retrospect, like I'm, it's I, I'm, I, I, I dig it. Yeah, yeah. 
That's it's good. not that bad. It's pretty good. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a delicious birthday cake. There's almost no nutritional value, <laughs> but it's fucking good and it's beautiful. Mm. It's got sparklers and it's got Tim Curry baked in the middle of it. Mm, that's the best That's ingredient. the bad. He comes out and does a little stripper dance with his little red pa- body paint on. And, mm. Yeah. You cook Tim Curry into anything, it's going to be better. <sighs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Old Tim Curry meat pie. Anyway, so Anyways. we should wrap this up. Yeah, he's Mudder on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. All the usual stuff. Yeah. Spread us around. Give us some retweets. Like Frosty. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, spread us around like Frosty. We're going to go talk about how Tim Curry is until the next time we talk to you, which is going to be about the Warriors. The Warriors. The Warriors. We will come out and play next time with you. Until next time, if you feel this whole of pop culture... So long, everybody. <coughs> this is me coughing up all that fucking fe- goose feathers in the air. <coughs> oh, yeah. It's... As we're walking away into the sunset. Yeah. What an adventure. Do, 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 yep. do, 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 do. So okay, long, everybody. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.